This is Jonathan Hickman, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> That's a keeper, my friend. Now, how was that better than the first one? No, no. It, but, no that's, she, I mean, to me it did, but that's fine. I mean, you know, you guys have to hear it. I don't... But, okay. Yeah, what a boring week. Oh, dude, I, I mean, know. like, I wish something happened. No comments Seriously. came out. It was, it was just... It was, it was just. We have to make shit up tonight. Crazy block. Yeah. It's like, oh, they're resorting to doing lists. They must be bored. It's, it's, it's <laughs> our first episode of the year. It's a clip show. That's great. The, dude, uh, let's be honest. Follow the CBR rule. The CBR puts like eighteen lists a day. Uh, if, if we if, if, episodes, we could have Alan Moore on, and then we could do a list of the five silliest Deadpool villains, and we'll get more positive yeah. feedback on the list. <laughs> Favorite Strike Force Moratori characters. <laughs> you would be like, oh, <laughs> oh shit, shit was turned this week. Y'all gave us a list. And it's like, yeah, but we had Alan Moore on last week. Like, yeah, I don't yeah, really but he didn't give us a list. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't listen to you guys for interviews. I don't like when you have guests on. Yeah. <laughs> I'll only accept that from one person. Raph? No. Oh. Brother Jay. Oh, Tomes? Yeah. Yeah. It's legit when he says it. Just like Raph's harp, whatever. Yeah. Your spawn brothers. I love them. And you love us because this is 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 716. Yeah. And I'm Vince B. You are Vince B for the 716th time, although not consecutively. I am David A. Price. Indeed you are. And I am John McClane. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfuckers. Uh, you and your Christmas movies. It's not a Christmas movie. <laughs> ah, you! <laughs> I am offended when people say that that's a Christmas movie. Uh, it's all right, though. I, I, I love just... Die Hard. Like, I really enjoy that right. movie, but oh, it, it, is a, it is an absolute bastardization to call that a Christmas movie, that means that any movie that ever had a Christmas scene in it is therefore a Christmas movie. Right. I always subject it to the Hallmark checklist. Oh, yeah. Are are they Santa's niece and or nephew? Are they trying to save a business? No. Well, come on. There, there are There's things you can tick off in the Hallmark vein that make things a Christmas movie, and Die Hard ain't one of them. But I don't really care either way. I was just parroting what I hear no, I, in the socials. But you're not tra- trading places is one of my favorite films of all time, and I've seen people call that a Christmas movie. And it's like, no, just because there's a scene at a Christmas party does not make it a Christmas movie. You know what makes trading places? But okay, go ahead. You what? you got to know what I'm saying, Jamie Lee Curtis. But yes, the, the oh, is 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 what? um uh trading places how. How many, from start to finish, how, how much time has passed from the beginning of that movie to the end of that movie? A few weeks. So, yeah, so I wouldn't necessarily call that a Christmas movie, whereas Die Hard takes place all in the span of, of, of a couple hours in one night. So it's, it's, and because it is a Christmas party, I get why people would argue that it is a Christmas movie. I mean, the, the, the Christmas movies that are actually Christmas movies, like with the Cranks or This Christmas or, you know, whatever, like, those are about Christmas, obviously, families getting together, the whole field. Yeah. But there are, if it's, yeah, if it's if it's a movie, like throw them off from the train or something, if it's just, I mean, if, if, if we're talking about a movie that, that, that starts in January and ends in December, and then at the end of the movie, they're all having a Christmas dinner, that's not a fucking Christmas movie. 
taking place within the same span of time, i.e. one month. It's the discounts on Discount Comic Book Service. Yeah. DCBService.com. The specials are up. Wow. And they are mm, many and deep. Uh, this proof positive of uh, something that would actually get me to buy an Aftershock book. Uh-huh. Do tell. Well, it's Bequest, number one, written by Tim Seeley with art by Freddie Williams. You know I'm going to buy it if Freddie Williams is drunk. I do. Uh, the pitch Welcome to the high fantasy world of Tangia, a land where wizards and warriors battle dragons in dark, dank dungeons. Thank you. Where thieves pillage ancient ruins and priests answer the audible words of their great gods welcome to chicago illinois where the magical items from tangia are being traded on the black market and are messing everything up now a group of tangia adventurers must go undercover in our modern world to stop artifacts and monsters from falling into the wrong hands but how will they fare in a world without wizards and warriors a world without heroes it's almost as if gene simmons is writing this what you, you you can't even you got to bring your own liquor to restaurants in Chicago, but you can get black market magical items. Yes, from Tim Seeley and Freddie E. Williams the second. If Freddie, your name's long enough. You don't need <laughs> you don't need the middle initial. Uh, Freddie E. Williams the uh, second. It is Bequest, a real world fantasy tale. That's All you have to do is tell me Freddie Williams, and I'm. On. I'm signed up. drawing a dragon. I mean, it's a sick looking cover, dude. Yeah, I know. Uh, it is published, I said, by Aftershock. The cover price is $4.99, which is the main reason why I shy away from Aftershock books. Because their, their cover price is too high. And to be honest, I don't think their books are all that great to justify that cover price. But anyway, you can get this for $2.49. That is 50% off. The meat in the middle. Special guest, publisher of Aftershock. Yeah, well, it happens. Um, and uh, you know, that's one of my. I don't. Ha- I don't make resolutions. But if somebody, we have somebody on like Jason says, "Yo, I, I, I lined up somebody from Aftershock." I'd be like, "Bring them on." I'll tell you why I don't think your books are the best. Yes. Yes. In if in a not, respectful dude, way. If if you're not going to say it to someone's, if you're not going to say it to them, why would you say it? Right. So, yeah. Dude, the world would be like seventy times better if we never lost sight of that rule of life. Yep. Oh, I don't. I don't mean to say I, I'm not going to come on and berate somebody and say, "Man, your books suck. They're not worth the paper they're printed on." I would be very, very honest and say exactly how I felt. Right. And, I mean, I, would have, man, I think we're you know, if it was priced I, better. Yeah. I think we're 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 always honest about that stuff. Yeah. Sure. Oh yeah. But I'm not I mean, gonna. When we had the when we had the the bad idea crew on. I mean, we we came at him with stuff that we thought didn't make a lot of sense, and right. you know they they expressed I think right logical counterpoints to why they they think it'll be it'll be a success the whole model and and you know time will tell. Like we're rooting for them. I yeah. I, I think we were honest that we thought the quality of the work is is up, but I I still have major questions about their business model, and yes. we told them as much. True. But that said, I've read so little Aftershock, I, I couldn't fathom having like the, a member of the team on. Just be, I would have to cram 
I think it's been a minute. I mean, I know we're getting way past the sponsor spot, but I think, I mean, we, there was the, um, the Rough Riders book. There's animosity. Uh, I read that shipwreck that, book. That, Hassan I, sent me. Or right. Hassan, yeah. Uh, somebody else sent it to me. But somebody sent me that. I know copies. So apologies to whoever did send it to me. I uh, and 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 the Mary Shelley Monster Hunter book. Oh, that Mary was Shelley. that was wonderful. They, yeah, that was. So, yeah, I mean, they, but the they, the, they, the, they, the bastards, the um, Russ Braun, um, Jimmy's. Oh, Jimmy's oh bastard. yeah, yeah, Jimmy's uh, bastards yeah, was great. Was and it was fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I mean, more often than not. Um, I've been burned by Aftershock uh, shock because I think, um, and I, I won't name names, but there's an artist whose work I used to like a lot, but I think they've stagnated and right. they keep doing the same old, same old stuff over. And it's just, they, they use this artist a lot. Was so, Aftershock also, the, did, were they the publishers of Eleanor and the Egret? Yes. Oh, that was awesome. Like I said, they have, there, there are high points, but more often than not, I think their books are, are mediocre. But anyway, you know a publisher I'm 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 either completely just just sleeping on or or I'm I'm just not seeing the forest for the trees like others is Vault. I feel like I hate everything mm. I see from Vault. And yeah, I, I feel like uh like I know Caleb. It's like I think he said it's his favorite publisher of the year. I yeah, I think you may need to investigate. Giga was great. Uh, what what the first issue of Giga? Maybe I, I the second one's coming. Um, I, I think they do good stuff. Yeah, the the, the shop orders the first issues, and I flipped through some of them. I, I I will, and I know that they they do the collections of their books. So I think I think when um, depending on how budgets work on on off months, I might um I might splurge and, and get. I a am flip. such yeah. a diva when it comes to trade dress in previews. I think like AWA Upshot Vault. Um, yeah, and a bunch of others have just, in my opinion, terrible graphic layouts for their for their solicits. Uh, yeah, I'm right I'm done with Upshot too. Finished. <laughs> I never started. So <laughs> yeah. no, the the Tommy Lee Edwards book, um, the the Grendel, Beowulf thing Kentucky. is is really oh, good. Grendel, Kentucky. Yeah, really. Yeah, I thought good. I, the first issue I thought looked great, but it didn't do anything for me story wise. So I didn't keep. I'm up like an American Ronin though. Yeah, that book's getting a lot of buzz. I haven't read it yet. Yeah. Uh, we're straying though, because the meat yes. in the middle of this sandwich is from Image, and it is Noctera number one, which is written by Scott Tony. Snyder, yeah. with art by Tony S. Daniel and Tomio Mori. It is called Full Throttle Dark, Part One. Uh, ten years after the world is plunged into an everlasting night that turns all living creatures into monstrous shades. The only way to survive is to stay close to artificial light. Enter Valentina Val Riggs, a skilled ferryman who transports people and goods along deadly unlit roads with her heavily illuminated 18-wheeler. This March, legendary creator Scott Snyder, and you know what he did, and uh, Tony S. Daniel, you know what he did, unveil horrors beyond any shade in this exercise first issue. Three ninety nine cover price. Your price, $1.99. Last but certainly not least, because the one thing, the single thing that must be on your order form this month from Seven Seas, it's the Super Sentai Himitsu Sentai Gorenger Classic Collection hardcover. Why is this important? Because Shotaro Ishinomori's classic manga that helped inspire decades of Super Sentai adventures and later gave rise to the Power Rangers in English for the first time ever. 
An evil secret society called the Black Cross Army threatens world peace, and only an elite task force known as the Earth Guard League, which is Eagle, can stop them. After the Black Cross Army destroys Eagle's headquarters across Japan, only five young recruits survive. Hiding in a secret underground base, they are given enhanced battle suits that empower. you got to stop flipping those pages. <laughs> it's super distracting. Sorry. Sorry. That's me. Um, the, the battle suits that empower them with superhuman abilities, transforming the youths into an unstoppable squad to combat evil. Tired to the, it's tied to the first Japanese Super Sentai Tokusatsu TV series ever made. That's why this is important. Because you have Gorenger. I'm not going to tell you what it begat, but it begat a whole bunch of shit. A whole hmm. bunch of Super Sentai shows that led to the Power Rangers. You would not have Power Rangers if you did not have Gorenger. That's just the way it is. And there's five people on the team. They all have a very specific color, just like the Power Rangers. There's a red, a blue, a yellow, a pink, and a green. Sound familiar? It should. It facts, though. Right. It should, huh? I said it do be facts, though. Right. Uh, the, the, this genre-defining work laid groundwork for decades of such adventures, including the wildly popular Power Rangers franchise in North America. Read Shotaro Ishinomori's original manga adaptation of Himitsu Sentai Gorenger in this beautiful hardcover collection, which includes an exclusive bonus, a 30-page overview of the franchise origins by my man, August Ragon. Now, I'm a good old man, Rags. Yeah, I love August. He's a wonderful. He's been investigating Sentai Kaiju Tokusatsu forever. Um, he is August. Is he's one of the good guys? Let me tell you. Uh, but the publisher, as I said, is Seven Seas, or did I say Seven Seas? Right? Yeah, I did Seven Seas. It's a hardcover. It's twenty four ninety nine. But because you're smart and you know where to go, where the prices are low. You're going to get this for 30% off. It's $17.49. Bargain at twice the price. Oh, I love Seven Seas hardcovers. They're great. I'm on it. I'm on it. And this is one I wouldn't probably have noticed if you hadn't pointed it out. And if they do a relist of the, um, uh, what did they, they did um, Devil Man previous to this. Uh, uh, a bunch of of just uh, uh, cutie honey I believe they did they do these awesome repackaging of these classic manga that has inspired a ton of different shit Uh, Mazinger like they're great so uh, yeah just get it dcbservice.com does not mind late orders or order editions and you get your book shipped exactly how you want them when you want them right to your door by a costumed custodian of the, the U.S. Mm. Yeah, some some place, yeah, some carrier, some. By the way, well, I, I've been in the spe- Go ahead. No, I've okay. just been getting reports that not everybody's carriers are nude. Oh I, yeah, no, I feel for you. That. Sorry, DCBService.com. I was going to say, in the spirit of this week, I have a point of parliamentary procedure. I'd like to challenge the certification of those sponsor ads because I find it egregious that you chose a Tony Daniel drawn Scott yeah, Snyder book. book. Yeah. Yeah. Number one from Image, and you, you know, in in the same month that Ultra Mega by James fucking Heron and Dave Stewart is being solicited, like I can't imagine that you visually wouldn't be far more excited about that book. I know Dap and I would be more excited about that book, and like, well, 
I think See, there are times where maybe we need to have a a a, <laughs> a vote or open it up well, every, every and, couple months. Maybe you know, do no. It's a good to challenge. Yeah, it's good to challenge. Jokes but aside, jokes aside, that's why I said in the spirit of this week, I'm going to challenge the certification. But I also know that I have zero chance of getting it overturned. So it's fun. Oh sure, no, I'll stick the Heron book. And I just thought the Heron um, Kaiju book was a no brainer. Like, do I really need no to brain. sell that? Do you need to sell a Scott Snyder book? I like Tony Daniel. That's the biggest thing in comics, right? Like yeah, to... but I like Tony Daniel. And the the the, the solicitor you're following it up with a Scott Snyder promoted death metal collection last month. Sure, like, yeah. like there yeah, are other that, creators you're out repping that. You're repping that Snyder. Well, yeah, I mean, it's... maybe it's a it's a little bit of foreshadowing. I mean, I how know. about how about you know solo volume two in the Titan section, following up that awesome solo story from from last year. Mm. How about that? How's about it? Yeah. I mean, I mean I Tony, I Tony start... Daniel is, if we ever did a list of artists I'm surprised that Vince loves, Tony Daniel will be in my top five. And, and, I, and I, I, li- I like him fine, but he is one of, and there are a couple others that are coming to mind, that I'm always surprised at how much you like them because I feel like Tony Daniel is of a certain school of art that I feel like you actively dislike generally. No, Tony Daniel was balls deep in the image uh, yeah. explosion why would i not like tony daniel because he's so he's like michael turner pretty lo- like he's oh, sure generally like no i i love michael turner too it that yeah, was and you that, like philip tan i do like a, it's like a white it's like a white space yeah, it's, it, yeah, yeah. It, it, if they if they ever touched anything close to a top cow book this was about it exactly yeah. yeah i guess that's what it is weapon top zero F- shut up weapon zero i eat that shit up i, I just <laughs> <laughs> that era of image that that after the dust settled on the explosion and they had all those top cow books oh man that's my shit yeah. i you love remember, those I mean, we used to talk witchblade on the show a lot like back back in the day we that's because ron mars was doing a great job on it no i know what i'm saying like yeah and then we had the the, the the artifact 13 issue mini yeah, oh, that was yeah. yeah. They the everything yeah. together and, and yeah. then what was a pilot season for a couple of years oh they yeah they do the pilot season yeah every like yeah they do the collection like the first issue in, in a trade of, of like mm-hmm. five or six story, yeah, yeah. But all right, yeah. now that we are a half hour in, uh, so, let's, what are you drinking? That's what I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now what I'm drinking. Yeah. This is from. It's a metallic can, so it's hard to read. New Trail Brewing Company and Levante Brewing Company. This is called Pointing North. It's a hazy double India Pale Ale. And it is, I'm not exaggerating, it is phenomenal. Like, I don't usually write down the the names of beer that I enjoyed because mm-hmm. chances are, you know, I, I like them enough where, yeah, this is fine for right now. I, I'm, I'm taking note of Pointing North because I will buy it again in the future. That's how Excellent. good this beer is. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And it's a 16-ounce can, too. Oh, mm. Yeah. And I have three of them. That's so. wow. All right, then. What's that ABV? Mm. That is my question. Uh, let's see. Ba, ba, ba. Why don't you tell me? It says one pint. Got to be on the can by law. I know. Well, you know what? I can't find it if it is. <laughs> there we go. All right. Well, while you're looking, I am trying a new wine tonight. Brand spanking new for me. Never had it before. Uh, came recommended from a friend. We were talking about, uh, you know, house like house table wines that you like to have that are reasonably priced but 
always go to and they go with most anything. And I threw out a couple of our favorites, you know, phase like close to Siete and a few others. And, uh, and then they were like, Oh my dude, you haven't had any of this. And I said, I have not. So we busted out a bottle, took a little something, something of it, enjoyed it quite a bit. So went out and got some, and, uh, it is from substance, uh, vineyards, uh, and it based in Washington state. And it is their uh, substance Cabernet Sauvignon, and uh, it's I love that it's all of their wines are black bottle, with a white label, uh, black label with white outline and white font, and it's written like a element from an elemental chart. So this is uh, large C, small S Cabernet Sauvignon, but they have that for all their varietals, and it's it's delightful. It's absolutely delightful. I it it's um. You know, it's a cab, so I'm a pretty easy mark for cabs as long as it's just not like a total piece of shit. But uh, this definitely got like it's definitely got some 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 berry, you know, like a little got a little plum, a little cherry, got some vanilla going on with it. Oh, yeah, it's also very very dry, like super dry, which nice. is I, I, I hate sweet wine, so this is yep. like almost pinned to the left of the dry. Um, tannic, so you know, so I know some people really don't like the tannins. Um, so be forewarned on that. I, I don't mind tannins, especially if it's a nice dry wine. So I'd classify this as a very bold, dry, uh, berry-flavored cab. Dude, um, I think the New Trail Brewing Company is breaking the law because there is not a, wow. an AB, ABV on here. Yeah. I could be wrong. I thought they had to say it by law, but maybe not. Well, it's not. This could be like 100%. I wouldn't even know. Yeah. But I recommend this. This is, And it's not, it's not going to break the bank. It's, uh, it's like $15 a bottle. So, um, it's, it's, you know, which I think is perfectly well, if it If it has a periodic table on it, chances are maybe Mr. Hickman designed the label because he likes that dry shit. Oh, wait, it's, it's, what, what did you say the name of it was, Jason? Substance? Yes. Okay. That's what, yeah. Cause I'm, as soon as I, I know I've had it. And then as soon as, as, as soon as, um, yeah, you, I, I didn't, it, the, the label didn't click and then Vince just mentioned the periodic table. So yeah, 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 yeah. That is good. It is. It's real good. So uh, we're going to definitely work this into the rotation. Sweet. Love it. My rule of thumb is 20 or less good good house wine. Hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Right? I like if you, can, if you can spend less than 20, that's that's good by me for that's a wine. That's two bottles for me. <laughs> well, well, hey, each his own. <laughs> you, would have, you would have loved the, the liquor store I popped into last night because when you walk in, they have a really nice section of uh mostly red but they've got some whites there and and yeah some of the bottles some of the vineyards were were a little on uh, you know you can get them definitely for seven eight bucks a bottle but they have in the middle um no 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 bottles are 5.99 each or three for 15 oh boy i see i like to go i I like around the ten dollar mark usually the, the place where i go will discount like 15 dollar wines for like 9.99 10.99 right yeah. so that that's fine by me you know, I, I I don't like to go below that because then, like Jason said, you're drinking like Ripple. Yes. Yeah. yeah to me, you get you get. I mean, for even the tens, you got to be careful with it. It either is like super super tannic, or super super sweet. It's like you're drinking grape juice. Yes. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. And by the way, I don't think I've had a sip of a white or rosé in ten years. Who the hell drinks white? No way. A lot of people do. Nah, yeah. no way. Especially in the summertime. Not my one of my aunts does. I mean, my wife does. Renee will have in the summertime. She'll drink white. In a lot. Yeah, yeah. Comics. 
Uh, you don't want to know what I'm drinking? I do. Okay. I mean, it's not comics, but... No, but it's uh, probably related in some way. Yeah, we will. We'll say it is. Because uh, every comics I was drinking it. The um, It is... Is a Malbec. It's a new Malbec. I've never had this before. It is family owned since 1922. Oh, the It is a uh, Romo uh, from uh, Chile, and it is um, it is really good. I started this bottle before dinner. I had some during dinner, and I am probably going to finish this. Damn, a whole bottle uh, started from the bottle. Now we're here. Now we're here, and yeah. So it, it's it's a uh, it's real. Um, I, I I like it a lot. It's 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 dry and nice. it's uh, it, I it goes down stupid easy. So nice. Speaking of, what did you say? Uh, uh, Brazil. What was the the uh, country for that? <laughs> Chile. Chile. Speaking of of Chile uh, and other South American countries, let's get into the future state, and then we'll play the game. And then when yeah, sure. well, let's let's let, let the listeners know because you know we like to. We got two main things tonight. We do. We got we got my booze, and I'm very much looking forward to it because it's many of the podcasts that I like to listen to, uh, other than our own, of course, are people talking about stuff that I'm interested in, but not interested enough to do myself. And <laughs> um, and so the first part of the show, y'all are going to catch some fools up on the this here future state, which is happening. And I'm excited to hear what you think. I don't see any on your list. I I told you I wasn't going to read Future State. Yeah. Oh, Am I not a man of my word? But okay, you know what? It, 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 uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm okay. All right. Right. I said I, I wasn't going to read it. Yeah, but I think you're doing yourself a disservice. It, once the, we the get it, the comments aren't going away, boo. I know. I, I can I can read them. I have. They're going to get collected. It's I have not... decades. Well, that's true. That that's yet. very true. Uh, and then we also, uh, thanks to the inspiration from our our good. Our good friends on the Slack channel, who were chatting up some of their X Men characters that they had strong feelings on, we decided because folks love a good list that we were going to do not one but two lists tonight. And just in further proof that we're a bunch of old men now, I'm like ninety seven percent sure that we already did one of these lists not that long ago. In fact, I think we did it sitting in my house before a con. Could have, but. We're old, and we don't have good memories, and so we're probably going to give a completely different version of that same list, and then you all can tell us what we said a few years ago and make fun of us. But we're going to give you our top five X-Men characters, and since we're feeling a little saucy, we're going to give you our bottom five X-Men characters. Yes, and the segment. The all segment. fun, by the way. So is, if we, yeah. If we mention characters that are your favorite, please don't. When Vince take it pisses personally. you off with his, yeah, we're going to have fun with it. Hmm. I'm sure Vince or David or both are going to mention Domino in there somewhere. No, 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 no. We'll, we'll get into it. My point but, is, we don't normally. Tr- we're not normally, as you all know, negative Nancys. Uh, we unless you know, we we try not to be negative. I mean, we'll give an honest review of something if we don't like it, but but we try and bring. If we're going to bring something actively, we usually try and bring the positivity. But you know, we figured it'd be kind of fun because there have been a hundred and. 50,000 X characters. So it's, it's, I think it's more than fair to, to have a little fun at their expense. Right. And the segment is called Top and Bottom. That's a new ongoing, a new ongoing segment that we're going to have where, as Jason said, we pick our top five something and then we counterpoint it with our bottom five. So top Love and it. bottom, 
And in this case, it's top and bottom X-Men. But um, if you didn't know, DC released its first salvo of the Future State books this week. And uh, full disclosure, I read four. And I loved two of them, and I hated two of them. I don't know if you want to consider hate. Hate is that's strong. No, I I really I hated two of them. I did like so. Well, you already pre-ordered them, so it's not like you're not going to read the second issues, right? No, they're already paid for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, and again, uh, since we're being transparent, and I think that's uh, a a very uh, reputable goal. I loved Future State Wonder Woman and Swamp Thing. And I despised Superman of Metropolis and The Flash. I thought The Flash was the absolute rock-bottom worst of the four. I did not get a chance to read four. Uh, I only read three. Mm-hmm. And, and so everybody's aware, the six Future State issues that came out this Tuesday, this week, uh, Future State The Flash, Future State Swamp Thing, Future State Harley Quinn, uh, Future State Wonder Woman, Future State, the next Batman, and Future State, uh, Superman of Metropolis. Right, right. I read Superman of Metropolis, the next Batman, and Wonder Woman. I just want to know why DC has to keep kicking Wally in the balls. I mean, I won't even get into it about the issue because it doesn't, I'm not going to tell you why I dislike this issue. But, uh, you know, let's just make it quick. It still lets grind Wally into the ground again. He is, uh, he's the villain in this thing. And it's, I mean, I know, I thought maybe, at least, I, I know there there are some going to be some creators who are going to continue working on books come March that are working on future state books. But I'm surprised, aside from Bendis on the Legion book, I'm surprised. Who's, who's currently writing the Flash? Is it is it uh, not Humphrey? Is it Humphreys or is it the, is it the ongoing? Ongoing? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, um, I only I only read it when Howard Porter's on it because I don't think it's Vietti who is writing the Flash here in, in, for the Future State story. So no. I'm just I, I wonder if that might play a part. Because you've been reading Flash, you've been reading Flash more regularly recently than right. I right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know how much I love Dale Eaglesham. Yeah, I think he's looked much better. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, but the setup it, it, it's gold. The setup is it, there's there's Team Flash and it's Barry and Jay and Max Mercury, uh, and and other characters and it's just. Uh, they use the rogues' weapons to fight crime. It, 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 on paper, it sounds like, whoa, this makes a lot of sense and it's fun. And it's not. And, and um, I'm just to, sorry, Josh Williamson has had been the longtime writer of it. I don't know if he had, I don't know if there was a transition between him and who and in the last few issues that, that he was but on it, for a couple it, years. The fact that Brandon Peterson is on Future State Flash number two instead of Eaglesham makes me think that maybe there was something going on behind the scenes with Dale where he may have um, not been entirely invested in the first issue. It, I, it, to my eyes, it doesn't look like he is. Because you could tell when Eaglesham's plugged in. This does not look like uh, 
you know, energized, enthusiastic Dale Eagle Sham. It, it's not bad, but it's just there's really no spark to it. And, and I was a little bit disappointed because I was hoping for good things. What with Wally supposedly being the Flash post-Future State? We'll see. But so let's let's buttress this with a little bit of positivity. Um, one of the great Future State books that came out this week was, and it was no surprise. Everybody knew going in that this was going to be a hot book. Future State Wonder Woman, number one, written and illustrated by Joelle Jones with color art by some newcomer named Jordi Belair. Right. Uh, it's an odd take on Wonder Woman because it is steeped in South American mythology. Paraguay, Brazil, um, the, the, the Wonder Woman in question, uh, her name's Yara Flor. She was created by, as an inter- intermediary between humanity and the gods. Uh, because humans have lost their way. We've strayed, of course. We're humans. We're, we're fallible. We're prone to violence. And that's, that, this is not the only book in which this theme is, is the central, uh, driving force. It happens in Swamp Thing, too. Uh, you know, humans are violent, uh, aggressive, self-destructive, uh, organisms that have strayed from from the gods and so they they this wonder woman yara floor is created to to inspire as you know diana does inspire the the population get them a little bit more steeped in 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 the the spiritual um supposedly uh both zeus and tupa have their hands in this Wonder Woman. And and the, the Zeus is not surprising at all, but the Tupa is. Because, again, it's it's a South American um, god, is a sun god. Uh, and um, the South American theme trails through the whole book. Because at one point, it opens with, with Yara fighting a, a Hydra, which is always fun, right? Mm-hmm. Who Who doesn't love a Hydra? cut one head off and a bunch of others rise to take its place it's fun you know and uh yara's going against the hydra and it's neat because i think the battle kind of um evidences that this is not diana this is a very young character prone to um fits of emotion she's rash she's impulsive she has a bit of a hair trigger, you know, many qualities befitting the young. And um, uh, she has a, a, a sidekick. I don't know if you want to call it a sidekick, maybe a familiar or a, 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 an accomplice. It's a, it's a steed. It's a pegasus named Jerry. Jerry. Yeah. So uh, Yara's battling the Hydra and she comes out on top. Uh, Jerry's somewhat aloof. Um and the, the reason why she's fighting this Hydra in the first place is because she needs the horn of the Hydra. It seems that Hades has uh, kidnapped her sister, and she is going to descend into the underworld and uh, take the matter into her own hands, get her sister back. Uh, but uh, something called Kaipora arrives, riding a boar, a uh, wild pig, Um and tells her, you know what, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's a good idea. 
And, and Kaipora, again, is a South American um, entity of the Tupi-Guarani mythology in Brazil. I got that from, from um, Wikipedia because I didn't know. You know, I don't know what this thing is. But it, she, it, it, it's, it's sometimes uh, depicted as male, sometimes depicted as female. In this instance, it's depicted as a really cute red-haired female. Uh, but it's a, an inhabitant of the forest. And that's what we see here. This, this character emerges from the, the forest riding this, this wild pig. And she's like, nah, you know what? The, the, uh, you're not going to the underworld and threatening Hades without, I don't think it's a good idea. And she said, well, like, give me, it says, let me escort you. I'll take you down there. We'll get all this ironed out. And, and, you know, so they, they descend into the underworld and it's kind of cool because it's not, at least to my eyes, it's not a traditional depiction of the underworld. <laughs> no. no, right? It's, uh, no, it, it's it's an airport. No, it, yeah, it looks more. It has it has the 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 trappings of an airport meets amusement park type thing going on. It's just really strange, um, with uh, you know cordoned off areas, and you have to go to the 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 desk to to, to proceed to um, you know the next place, but. It, 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 in the meantime, you have Cerberus, who's sleeping and chained up. Uh, apparently, the underworld also has rewards members because they get to go to the head of the line. That's right. But so they get to the desk, and this is this is I think the the, the sequence that follows is the most revealing as far as Yara Floor goes, her personality that is, because there's a turnstile, and while Kaipora is talking to this this horned entity uh manning the desk yara's getting pissed off and she's grabbing at the, the the bar of the turnstile and her hand like she's strong obviously she is a wonder woman she's strong because she's she's grinding the metal and bending it and and, and then she just gets so pissed off that she can't wait anymore she's she's extremely impulsive just rips the turnstile off and kaipora is kind of like the fuck because if you wake up cerberus you're in big trouble. Uh, but they get through uh, without incident, and they, they go to, uh, if you want a ferry into the underworld, there's only one guy you got to go to, right? And that's Sharon, who, who uh, mans the boat. And Sharon must be paid. But unfortunately, uh, Yara doesn't have anything to pay Sharon. So her, she and Kaipora cook up this little scheme where they, they bilk um, a deceased sumo wrestler out of his uh, payment to Sharon, and uh, the shit hits the fan, everybody starts fighting. Uh, what does the fighting do? Uh, it, the main thing it accomplishes is that it awakes Char, uh, um, Cerberus, and that's where the issue ends. But uh, this Wonder Woman does not have a magic lasso. What, what she has is a, a, a golden bolo. Yeah. That's crazy. That's badass. I yeah, I like it. Um, I thought the story was fun. It kept me engaged, plugged in the whole way. But uh, I think it it stands to reason that this uh, Joel Jones drawn issue is the best thing I've seen in a long, long, long time. the The art is just impeccable. It's a tour yeah. de force. It, it's gorgeous. It's, it's gorgeous, no doubt about it. That's exactly the words I use. Uh, it's it is such. It's I, I could not I could not look away. I there were times where it's almost like the uh, the word balloons were just in the way. I just wanted to see more art. I I, I 
loved the look of the rainforest. I loved the look. Uh, I mean, Jerry looks amazing. Um, the uh, the Kapora, the little pixie looking thing is adorable. Uh, Yara is stunning. It's yeah. It, it, I mean, but and and even with, I I, I just love. You know, even her, her, her accoutrement, I mean, you have her, her, her outfit isn't the traditional, which you would normally see from Wonder Woman in any iteration, whether it's the all white jumpsuit or it's, you know, whatever Gal Gadot's wearing. This is, this is slightly different in look and Jordy's colors just makes everything pop, whether it's the shining of the metal, whether it's, it's, it's the, the sunlight behind the trees, whether it's, it's the, 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 the airport to get to the underworld it just it all looks it is it is such a visual masterpiece it is absolutely yeah. one of the best things i've seen I've, I've i've laid eyes on i've had the pleasure of of looking at in um well i was gonna say this year duh but it's it's yeah it yeah, is well that's true right yeah but it is it's 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 a gorgeous book and it is it's, it's it would be it would be my um it'd be my pick of the week if we did those kind of things it's just been a uh yeah, I, I I don't want to oversell it, but it's it's you you would look at this and there's there's really nothing to be disappointed by. Yeah, had this come out last month, this would definitely be a contender for my single issue of the year. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I was worried going in because it begins page one, three panels. Page two, three panels. I'm like, oh god, please. Page three, three panels. Page four, double page spread, four and five. I'm like, this is going to be a complete, this is too. <laughs> it's and- doomsday. And then you get to the next page and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven panels. Yeah. And then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight panels on the next page. So it's like, yeah. okay. But to, to uh, Joelle's defense on page two, that panel where she's, Standing on the 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 uh, looks like a a branch, a giant branch yeah. or a root, yeah. and the the hydra turns in. That is one of that panel is major league. That's a major league ballsy mega boss. I can hold my own with anybody in the game panel. And That's then to ju- to 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 uh, cap it off with that beautiful figure work. With Yara pulling her sword, this page is amazing. Like I don't know, even if this wasn't a Wonder Woman, if if it turns out that she has, you know, she she reminds me more of Donna Troy than she does of Wonder Woman. But that's okay. Maybe it's the age thing. But I mean, if they divest themselves from Wonder Woman at some point and just make this a, a, a new character in the DCU, I will read this character. I like this character as long as Joelle's drawing it. That's the thing. It, I mean, I would I. If if the art if if they keep our floor with whatever goes on come March and into the future yeah if if it, it's a character that I am a fan of one issue in um, but it's also one of those situations where because of this character um, if Joel is going to continue to write her it visually it needs to be just as strong. So I don't yeah. I I don't want her to write a story where where the character of the setting doesn't look uh I mean it's it's gonna be hard to look as good as this for some people, but I don't I don't want anybody to, to just come in and, and phone it in. Right. And since Todd and D C are are snuggling up together these days <laughs> I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility that we could get a Yara on a Pegasus figure. Because I just paid 
Big Bad Toy Store for a uh, a Joker bike. Who the hell ever thought there'd be a Joker bike from Death Metal? Like a figure come. So uh, what I'm saying is, how about a Kaipora figure on a pig? That's I'd be there. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like the 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 fact that DC and Todd are intertwined these days is very. Um, it fills me with with enthusiasm because as I read these comics, I'm thinking, oh, that'd make a good action figure. It could happen, right? Not to say that DC Direct wasn't you know great, which it was, but I mean, Todd, he he does good things with plastic. So, um, but yeah, all in all, I would give the Future State Wonder Woman. Um, a, uh, a 9.5 out of 10 because it wasn't the best in terms of story it wasn't the best future state book this week visually it was but um, the, this is a visual storytelling medium so I'm, I'm putting the two things on an even keel yeah okay I loved it yeah no I did I, I did too I, I know that um, there, I, uh, Joelle hasn't been writing as long as she's been drawing. So I know that, uh, but I mean, you know, I'm not going to, um, it's weird. Cause I, you know, we, we read torment, you know, we know that Todd isn't necessarily the best writer in the world when it comes yeah. for a writer. who's an awesome artist. So there are just, there are things where, uh, you know, I think I, I, w- I, I would, I would have, in in another handful of years, as she, after she's written more books, if she were to draw something like this and write it at that level, it would be if if the I'm basically saying if if the writing was as on the same level as as the art, this would be a ten out of ten for me. But she didn't but, extend herself. I mean, it's no, not, no, 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 no. It's yeah. it's, it's the, there's just it, it's. I mean, when you when you look at other other books written by other other creators, it's it, it's not necessarily a, a fair comparison, but it's just it's I. It wasn't visually. Nothing can top it. It's, I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. Well, let's get Jason back into the game because we're going to do our top and bottom. Oh shit! Yeah, and this and as top and middle bottom. as we said uh, going in, top five, bottom five. What's the subject? X Men. Yes, sir. And I think uh, it uh, since this is your baby, you should lead us off. Okay, well, so picking up on a conversation that Dap asked before we recorded, and I said, let's bring it back up, you wanted to know, were there any rules? And and the simple answer is no, because we didn't set any rules going in. Right. So, but, well, but I will tell you my, but, but, but I applied rules for myself, which is that... That's crazy. I only... Allowed myself to pick characters that have been X Men proper. That's okay, and that is that was my entire thing because I on my list I started writing because because you sent us you sent us the list on Wikipedia, which yeah. is you know basically everybody's been an X Men, but the Wikipedia list the, the the page on Wikipedia is basically here's the X Men, here's everybody who's been an X Men sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousands, and then here's the offshoot groups. Right. So right. so I'm. I'm like, okay, basically this is just a list of mutants. And and now with yeah. Hickman, anybody's kind of, if, if you're living on Krakoa, you're kind of an X-Men. Moment. I was going to say, so, and, then, and then with Hickman in the continuity, that's why I said, well, let's not put any rules on it because, as you just said, I mean, Hickman's kind of said there are no more X-Men. It's just a nation of mutants. And 
everybody's next one if they need to be. And so, yeah, I mean, pretty so, much okay. any any mutant any mutant that has ever existed is fair game because, as we know, in the X Men continuity now under Hickman, any mutant canon is being brought back to life, even if they've been dead. So, so, but for me, just for for my own um, bumpers in the bowling lanes, I put they had to be an X Men at least. To, uh, they didn't have to be. Pr- they they couldn't just be X Men adjacent. Um, okay. So, so like that's... for example, that there would be members of the New Mutants who I wouldn't have been eligible for me, but there are some that have obviously graduated into the real, the, the, the official team that would be there have, there are uh new X-Men, the younger kids, the Gen X kids, same thing, right? Like yeah. Monet, I mean, I'm, I'm, Monet is not on my list, but Monet would be eligible even though she's been X factor and Gen X because she's now for a while been an X-Men, but like, you know, um, but like Artie and Leech wouldn't have been eligible. For right. Me because okay, so, they're, so I am, I'm basically I'm 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 going to then follow your official unofficial rule because I, 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 okay. I do have because 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 my my five, both lists on the top five I have a mutant and as I'm looking I'm like no I don't think he was an X Men proper so then I have slash an oh, actual nice. X Men so yeah. I will I'll it's I'll have for him. Oh, right boy. <laughs> way too much thought into uh-huh. yes. Now, well, are we doing the top or the bottom first? Oh, let's do the top first. Okay. Because then we can do top, and then we can do bottom, and then we can rattle off our top five X-Men artists at the end. Just to Just to oh, bring us a, up. Okay. Okay. So, um, top five, and, and this is the list I'm pretty sure we did a few years ago. Um, but I, I, did, I made no attempt to find the old lister notes just in case, because I didn't. I'm just curious how much... How much different it's going to be than it was then, but uh, um, my t- my number five all time X Men member would be Kitty Pride. Uh, Kitty is, you know, it's funny when you look at, when I was doing this. I don't know if you guys found the same thing, but like there are archetypes within <laughs> the X Verse, right? Like there are, you've got your teleporters, you've got your feral characters, you've got your your telepaths. Like there are. There are types that have been regurgitated in the 90s. You had more extreme versions, sometimes not much, oftentimes for the worse. But, like, there are certain types. And um, Kitty is, to my mind, the best of a type, which is the young sidekick who, over time, matures into uh, a full-fledged member and woman, you know, um, you might even argue she was the first being Wolverine's kind of first sidekick. He's had others, as we know, Jubilee, um, you know, and the like, but, but I, I, but for me, Kitty pride is, is a character who we were introduced to in what I still think to my mind stands as the all time best run of X-Men in the burn Claremont era, um, you know, kind of late in their, in their historic run. Um, but, we we meet her as a as a as a as a young teen. She's she's um, you know she's Jewish at the time, which again probably doesn't seem like a big deal now, but it was big then, and it kind of carried forward, which was one of the underlying ethos of of the Burn Claremont X Men, which is this idea of representing minorities and persecuted people. And she was just the thing I've liked about Kitty is that she's been a lot of different things and had a lot of different roles within the X Men, but she's always had. I think a really distinctive personality. She's very, very smart 
independent, uh, but 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 freewheeling and 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 has a joy to her. Her powers are um, unique in that in that uh, sure there are other people that can turn intangible, but she's really the only X character of prominence that does that. And and obviously she can disrupt machinery and and she's she grew into someone who was very smart and she's had interesting arcs, right? And and even now I think under Hickman she. She's got this interesting role as the head of the Marauders, and um, I think if I look back at what I consider all the seminal X-Men runs, she's been a centerpiece of most of them. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, the Morrison X-Men, not so much, but other than that, I think Byrne Claremont, for sure. I think Cassidy and, um, uh, uh, help me out, Astonishing. Uh, Whedon. 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 Whedon and Cassidy's Astonishing. Um I think, you know, and then what we have with Hickman, I, I think she's been a major part in a lot of what I consider the best runs. Um, she was certainly a huge part of Excalibur, which is probably my all-time favorite spin-off X book. Uh, so, yeah, I just, I, I, I love her to death, and uh, and I'm here for all the kitty from 16 on to grown-ass woman that she is now. Um, I concur. Do we tell you that, uh, could we cross off one of yeah, your of choices off our all right so kitty's on my top five definitely okay yeah yeah kit um i i i ever shadow cat that was i oh, it, okay. I, I have my my favorite uh it's kind of my favorite version of her i mean there's an aerial sprite whatever you want to call her uh and i just call her kate but you have um she was she was a character that obviously depending on when you started reading x-men she may have been the character closest to your age at the time but and, and not necessarily that it was supposed to be a gateway but she she definitely was uh being the youngest one she was kind of in that limbo because she wasn't in the class with the new mutants and and they felt some kind of way about it and and she she wasn't really old enough to kind of do everything that the x-men were allowed to do uh but she knowing that she she's grown She's matured uh, as a character. Uh, she, she she's been to England. She's died. Uh, the, the Whedon stuff was. I mean, I was I was in love with that run because it's you know he he used her and and he he the Whedon knows how to handle female characters and and I think that uh, he did a phenomenal job with her in that series and and oh, she sure. said to Emma and I think that that was just fantastic but before that you know what she's cuz cuz she, she's a geek she's she's over here always putzing around with the computers and whatnot and and I just there was and yeah okay she, she's a Jew but there's there's definitely <laughs> a um a a connection of fascination I've MOT had. dude member of the tribe that's it so nice. so there's definitely uh yeah no so she was she was number 3 on my list but yes Sweet. okay that's awesome i i did not expect uh, honestly, us to have any three like hundred percent overlap. Nice. I thought we'd each have like there'd be a couple that were on both of our two of our lists. I didn't think we'd have a character that was on all three. Well, let me do one because I don't want. Did you any... rank? Did you rank yours, Vince? Or I you did. Was... I did. So where was she? Uh, three. Nice. Yeah. Okay. I want to go next because I don't want anybody else to take this one. Okay. And it's not my number one. It's my number two. Wait, what? What happened at five? Why are we going from the bottom? I gave him a number five. Oh, okay. Well, my number five is magic. Wow. Yeah. I love okay. that. I love that character. Liana, I, I love the taint 
of the evil. The taint. Yeah, the, yeah, the, go there. The, the taint of the evil. I love how sexy they make her in the books. I love that she was young and taken, basically taken into hell by Belasco and corrupted, and yet she still fights uh, for what she believes to be right. And more right. often than not, it is in line with the the you know uh, average depiction of good and evil, right? But she still. Uh, I love her when she has the goat hooves. Yeah. Um, I Lewis is fist pumping right now. I was just gonna say Vince just became his favorite host. Yeah. No, I, I I love Magic a lot. Um, oh, I think she's great too. Yeah, I I even love the miniseries, even though it has that that freaking other character in it. Huh. Uh, I yeah, I will say that uh, just before you, uh, one thing, and each of us has a very different, I think. Uh, like 2020 love for for the X universe. I think each of us is probably a different part of the spectrum. But yeah. But I I mean, as I was doing this list this week, I I both lists rather. I I, I did kind of find it interesting that as I was surveying all of the possibilities, there is kind of like a bifurcation for me. Like there's a lot of characters I think are just straight busted, and I would have never needed to have existed. Okay. And now, then there's a bunch that I'm like legit love. Like they could have all been on my like I, right. I have love for you know. Go ahead, Vince. What were you saying? No, um, um, this is. I mean, it's Vince is going to laugh. It, it's another one of those like unofficial rules for me is that these have not, to. That's not laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Um, they like I could I could pick a list. I could go and you know I like I've don't tell me you didn't include Magic because she was a new mutant first. No, 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 no. I didn't include Magic just because she's not in my top five. But okay. the um. It was a case of there are a bunch. Of, I'm just going by what you were saying about other mutants. Where like you know, I've I've read maybe a story with Eye Boy or with um, oh sure, or, yeah. or, or or with Dust. It's like you know, so so they kind of also had to if for them to make my list. They have to be actual characters. I'm read, oh, no, I've read or that, familiar with that. Very much played into my uh, bottom five. I, I because there are some some characters that were almost like red red shirts in Star Trek. Right, that 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 were technically members of the X Men, and and you, most people wouldn't even know that they ever existed, and I, I didn't include them. I, to me, if you're going to be a bottom five, you had to have at least a few memorable moments in the into the ethos of the of the run, which made cool. you someone okay. I disliked. You Perfect. know, nice. Okay, that's good. But yeah. Okay, the, so magic. The, anything more? I'm sorry, we cut you off. If you yeah. no, the whole soul sword thing. I I just think yeah. that she she plays to my uh, tendency to skew towards evil. Right. But she's beautiful and young and fights for good and connected to Colossus. So there's the whole um, Rasputin family thing going on. I just I really like magic. I was going to say our first two nominees are the lover and the sister of of Piotr. Yes. <laughs> so, so now Van just got a chubby. Yes. So, who's your number five? Uh, Sunfire. Wow. Who the, I never expected wait, wait. fucking oh, Sunfire. Wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I love the Orient. I, I, that's it, baby. That's right. I had some Chinese food tonight. I no, it's floor, dude. Did you have a poo poo platter for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> wait. Let him finish because if he says I love Sunfire, drawn by Cockrum. I'm going to send him a present, like, on Friday. Are anybody else drawn? Was he in any other issues? That, that No, there are... Oh, Sunfire's yes, been around. Yeah, I know. Which is why. Which is if Sunfire is on your bottom five, I'm going to slap you. No, it's my top five. No, if... 
dude, Sun Pyre. Oh. Pete. Who's that? <laughs> No, he's not. Is the not. female successor to Sunfire, and yeah, was no. also that's right. Yeah, she was in. Yeah, I don't she, even. I don't even in, know that existed. The, uh, she she's been in Hickman's book, right? Yeah, she showed up at yeah, the party at the end. Um, I, no, I just the, basically it was one of those things where you know because reading Giant Size X Men when you know you have it's the United Nations of mutants and 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 Chuck is going around getting everybody. Um, I just for, even as a Reading that at the time and then rereading it again sometime later, there's just something about about the homeboy's arrogance and and it, he was just he was so different compared to everybody else in the room, and it was I I kind of liked the uh, the power set was different than anybody else. Everybody everybody's kind of like because they're, I don't want to say because they're mutants, it's like, you know, Wolverine's the short runty guy, and, and, and Nightcrawler's, you know, a fuzzy, there's just, everybody kind of looks like they kind of belong there, and and Sunfire kind of did, I, yeah, I did like the costume, I, I like the costume a lot, but mm-hmm. there's just something about, um, it, he didn't, it's just something that clicked. I, I, it I is a fascinating choice, because to me, it, He's the least X Men of the giant size X Men debuts, right? I mean, because because Sunfire, yeah, because Shiro was like, yeah, I'll be on your team, and then he's like, I'm out, and then you know, right? That's what I mean. Like he's not there while, for a long but it's, time, exactly. But it was just it was one of those things where I'm like, yeah, if 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 I'm looking at my like, I, I'm I'm looking at like the original cast, and then I'm looking at you know the 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 outbacker, and then then when the '90s crew shows up, and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm I'm checking everybody off. I'm like. Yeah, no, I still like Sunfire more than you. I still like so it just it it was it, it, part of it because it is number five. Part of it was process. I mean, you know, there were there days where maybe Iceman could have been number five. As a, yeah, maybe if I just finished reading the New Defenders or some issues of X Factor. But for the <laughs> most part, no. It's it's right. Sunfire just kind of stuck with me. It's yeah. just yeah. So it, I mean, so let's yeah. see, we've we've made Cliff happy, Vander happy. Now we've made Tomio happy because we're representing. <laughs> the, the the probably the most famous Japanese uh, member of the team ever. Um, all right. Uh, so I guess I'm up at number four. Yes. Uh, my number four, um, no shock, uh, that, that, uh, this character is on my list is, uh, Charlie cluster seven, better known as Phantom X. Um, now, interestingly, I, I, I know some may smirk because they know it's a character I have mad love for much more than the average fan, but, but honestly, though, unlike another character who uh, you can all guess that's on my list, um, I think Phantom X has played a major role in in two of the like I think there are five seminal X Men runs, and I and he has played a seminal important role in two of the five. Um, he was of course introduced in in Morrison's New X Men, and was a major character throughout a big chunk of that, and that's when I. I fell in love with him and 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 started liking the character. But then he is one of the prominent characters and members um, throughout almost every arc of Remender's Uncanny X Force. Um, I just I you know you guys know I love the character visually. I get tons of art of him. I I think he's just a brilliantly designed character. He's fascinating. I love the quirkiness of of Morrison giving him this almost kind of a play on a. Um, basket case uh uh siamese twin in eva but it's really a 
you know, this this strange, some, sometimes spaceship, but sentient that's really actually his central nervous system. And um, I, I just think they've used him in a lot of interesting ways. He's, in many ways to me, he's what Gambit fans think Gambit is, but but has never actually been. He's the suave, slick dude who always gets shit done, is stealthy. Um, I can't think of a time when Phantom X hasn't succeeded in what either he's set up to do as an enemy of the X-Men or as an, a member. Um, and I fucking love his, I love his visual design for sure. So yeah. So, uh, so my man, Charlie Cluster seven is my number four. Nice. Danger diabolic. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So we're on number four. Yes. Okay. My number four is Sam Guthrie cannonball. Cannonball. Nice. nice. How could you not love Cannonball. He's in my top ten. The hayseed that's taken out of the you know the fields and and thrust into the the uh, high tech, uh, extremely dangerous, sometimes glamorous world of of uh, superheroics. Like I, Sam just wants to do. He wants to succeed. He wants to prove himself. He wants to be one of the you know one of the team i i i really and and visually i think the the uh, the blasting is was a masterstroke that yeah the, that's true the bottom half of sam turning yeah. into like a, a a rocket engine as he's doing his thing it's just it's it was irresistible to me when yeah. when new mutants came out that's a good uh, choice. I mean, he, he was never one of like I don't think I ever seriously considered him for my top five, but I I do love that character. I mean, I can't yeah. think of a time when I've never been happy to see him in a book. I'm glad they prettied him up a little bit because uh, uh, what was it, Leighton? Who did the the, the early issues of uh, McCloud? Yeah, McCloud. Uh, I th- yeah. I think the big elephant ears, you know, the the whole slack jawed yokel type that worked for a little while but i'm glad that you know uh later on like in the 90s sam became a little bit of a somewhat of a pretty boy but still uh you you could smell the sweat of him plowing the backfield on him you know what i mean so he he looked the part but he still had the heart of a farm boy so i i think the the character's great he's he's salt of the earth for me and and i like him a lot I love it, and 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 he he's one he is part of I think another one of the um, important mutant family lineages, right? I mean, yeah. you got the Summers, you got the Rasputins, uh, the Guthries are uh, incredibly important. I mean, you've got um, I mean he was obviously the first, and but you've got Paige Husk, who's who's an ongoing member. Uh, you've got uh, Icarus uh, Jay Guthrie, his younger brother, who was a member for a while. Um, uh, Melody, who was Arrow for a while, um, so yeah, and and there's other siblings too, but but those are the ones that I can remember offhand. But um, and and you know, deeply tied to like, yeah, it's it's no, nah, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah you just and I could... love, and I view like I think I like I view him when I think of him, I also think of Sunspot. Like to me, they're a package right. deal, and I love right. them both. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I I'll be honest. There's a lot of of X characters with which I'm very apathetic. Sure. Uh, ambivalent and Sunspot's one of them. Okay. Yeah, I just like whatever. I, I I've never found anything likable or dislikable about the character. He mm-hmm. he he exists in this gray uh, limbo type 
X realm yeah. that I just I don't have an opinion on, on Guthrie. I really like or, him um, Sam in re- recent days, not days, but recent times where as they've become adults and he became an industrialist and ran the X Corps and yeah. ran, now he, now he's that now he's the head of AIM. I I I found him more interesting now than I did in the New Mutants days. But, now see uh, that to me smacked of mutant Tony Stark. I, he is I, yes yeah. yeah. I'm not attracted to that at all. I know you, you hate you hate us capitalists. I, I really do, but you not so much. <laughs> you and my son. My son is so anti-capitalism, but I say, but at least tell me you love me, and he says I love you, Dad. So. Can't fall right, for that. What you got? Uh, for my number four, I have good old Hank McCoy, the Beast. My man. I uh, and preferably blue furry Beast. There's uh, only one. Yeah, I mean not gray Beast, not cat not, Beast, not uh, not yeah. No, there's just um not whatever Steve Sanders called. Not, his yeah, beast. not 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 the horse face, not oh, the beast. Let not it the, go for God's sake. Never right? Forget. I mean, bro, never forget. Just like I screenshotted all the people liking these Trumper posts, I'm never forgetting <laughs> Steve Sanders drawing Cat Beast. And by the way, what's the last comic Steve Sanders drew? Exactly. <laughs> that was the exactly. <laughs> Zero seconds between. Uh, wrote no, and speak on it. Tell us about Beast. No, I mean, it's, it's you know, he's uh, pretty much the smartest dude in the room as far as the, the, the mansion. It, it's There's just something... Uh, again, I mean, it's like with all the mutants, I, I can keep saying it, but it, it, there's a, um, whether it was, and there, I mean, and I, I pissed my father off for a long time because there were, there would be, I would be, well, I'm annoying, but there would be days where I'd be stupid annoying. Cause I, all I would say was all my stars and garters and it's just, it's, <laughs> it, you know, and then he'd, he'd get tired of that after a while, but yeah, I just, I, I enjoyed his, um, I enjoyed the personality, the sense of humor. He, you know, he he obviously looked way different than everybody else. Oh yeah. Uh, so you know, there's there's just even though he is a smart dude and he can be serious, um, and I think I've probably gotten to know him more in those issues of Defenders, in those issues of, of Avengers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just and, and I mean, one of my favorite minis is that three issues, Wonder Man and the Beast. It's it's just oh god yeah. I I, I I like the character a lot, and and he's also not somebody who is so. Um, it's, I mean, you think of Beast, and I, I know that there are some characters if they're on multiple teams, you may think of one or the other. I think of when I think of um, when I think of Beast, I think of the X Men, and it, but it's not like he this he doesn't necessarily need the X Men. He's still you know he could still go and be a scientist, do whatever. And and not have to be um, stuck teaching kids yeah, or, sure. or or you know fixing things around the mansion. It, it, it's he's he's a he's a fully fully fleshed out character uh, in his own right, and, and yeah. I think uh, he definitely is one of. Um, I, I I know I'm not going to say underrated. People misuse that term all the time, but he's when you think of like the, when usually when when the smartest minds in Marvel comics are brought together, you know yeah. The, the better writers always bring Beast in, but there are times where it's like it it's oh here's Reed, here's Tony Stark, here's Bruce Banner, and it's like and 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 that that sometimes is kind of where it stops, and it's like oh maybe we'll bring in Doom, and and it's like you know Beast is still here too, but um, he is he's I I just think as as part of the team I think he's fun, but I just like seeing Beast in anything, so I yeah he's he's, he's definitely a top fiver for me. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and and it's I mean to your point, you know, I love I got huge love for the Avengers and the X Men, and and I I agree. I, I would I would put we, if we were doing a list of favorite Avengers, he would be my top ten. But I also think when I think of him on the Avengers, it's again it's the buddy thing. It's him and Hank to him and Hank. It's him and Wonder Man together. Yeah. Yeah. Simon, you know, I uh, like that's I love that aspect of it. Whereas uh, obviously he's he's an he's an X Men first and foremost and. He's always. I mean, he's he has been a fixture, really. I mean, he's he's of all the originals, he's he's I think been by far the most consistent in the books. Uh, not in character, I mean, just in presence. He, you know, there have been times. Oh yeah, when if Gene, you look at all the when X-Men Gene, when books, Gene yeah. was dead, multiple times when Gene has been dead. Um, there have been times when Scott was in an X book, but not a part of the X Men. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just I feel like um, yeah, I just feel like Hank is uh, at least tied with Bobby for. And most, he's most he's he's. He's insanely. I mean, all unfortunately, that sounds like a dog, but he's insanely loyal. It, it's whether it's the, it, yeah. I mean, X Factor, the, the first, the, the launching of X Factor was, of course, the, the original team. So, of course, he's going to be on that team. But it, it really was a. Um, he just he he's, he just doesn't come across as somebody who. Um, doesn't care about others and and just you know he's not he's not the loner he's not the uh he he, he doesn't think he's above anybody else and yeah and i just i i seriously i i do appreciate that love it all right so um my so we just all right so we're up to number three yeah you both picked kitty pride for your number three yeah um my number three was uh, or I should say is uh, Nina Thurman, aka Domino, number t- three. Yeah, well, she's number three because, first of all, by my own set of rules, she only recently became a full. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, she has always been X Men adjacent. Uh, she was created by Rob in X Force, uh, and, and has been a, a consistent fixture in almost every iteration of that of that team. She has been a member of X Force for almost every creator that's had a run with that they've they've given to her but but um but she wasn't really a, a an x-men like and domino isn't on my list by the way but but seems like domino's not a member of the x-men so i i, I wouldn't have included him but but um but she did join the team um about a decade ago in uncanny in like the 500s i forget which issue but but somewhere around there um but yeah listen i mean yeah, listen she, I, I have probably as unhealthy a fixation on a on a fictional character uh, with her as, as anyone does anything. I, 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 it's a special kind of psychosis to own hundreds of images of, of a character <laughs> and have spent tens of thousands of dollars on them as I have with her. Uh, and so obviously there's something about her visual aesthetic that I just adore. I just, for some reason, the idea of her design just captivates me in a way that I cannot get enough. I cannot get enough artists to show me their version of her. It, 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 it is exci- as exciting today as it was a decade ago when I started this journey. But she's number three because she has not been, unlike Phantom X, who has been an integral figure in a number of all-time X-Men runs, she has not been. Um, she has largely been on the periphery. Um, or in the moments where she's been more prominent, it has not been in an X-Men book. It's been in an X an X book, a mutant book. So, yeah, I just, um, I, I can't, she just hasn't been an important enough member of the X-Men 
for me to cheat my way into giving her more than number three. I respect uh, that. But but I but I love her to death, and I I could imagine not having her on the team. It would be so I mean, in my list. It would be so disingenuous, right? I mean, I, I there's no, there's probably not a day of my of, of the last fifteen years that I haven't thought about her. So I don't like I, obviously she has to be represented. But but it, I would be hard pressed to give you a. We we often get hey I'm I'm new to this group of characters. What should I read? If someone says to me hey uh, you love Domino, what should I read? It's it's not. You know, they're, they're, the cup doesn't runneth over for all-time great domino stories. Uh, so That's true. All right, relax. <laughs> Jesus. All right. If skipping, I'm going to self-deprecate, you don't need to jump in. Skipping my number three and heading straight to number Remember two. Which is what you wanted dibs on because you were afraid. I did want dibs on this character because I think um, this character epitomizes the concept of the mutant. Speak on it. The misunderstood, the outcast. Oh, oh boy. He's mine. He's got mine, number two. Um, he is a pious man who looks like he's working for the other team. He looks yep. all uh, the day long like a devil. And uh, it is, of course, Nightcrawler. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think. Who uh, you know, Nightcrawler is a brilliant character because he he is like I said he he shows on the surface level how something can be misconstrued where um, he he looks like he just pl- uh, scraped himself up to the surface from from hell yet he is uh, a priest he believes in, in in the angels and the 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 god and all of the the trappings of that and and he's so conscientious and so loves all of his friends and it's nothing like uh the way he looks uh i, I yeah i i, I really um uh, very early in the game glommed onto nightcrawler but it was the um appearance in amazing spider-man that uh, really sealed the deal for me as far as uh loving the character like i liked him in in uncanny but when he crossed over into amazing with ross andrew and you know the whole mm-hmm. Oh man, that's just like okay. I'm done. You got me. Yeah, yeah. And he's your number two as well, Dap. My yeah. Yeah, uh, he was. Um, it, again, no, it was just something about the look, the character, the uh, the the he he was of 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 all the mutants. He was the one who pretty much any other mutants could with your. Peter or Logan or even, you know, Aurora, like you can, they can go out wherever they want. And I remember, you know, those when um, classic X-Men was launched and you had the reprint of, of the main Claremont Cockrum issue. And then you had the few pages of the back matter by John Bolton. uh, Those pages were gorgeous. And, and those early stories dealt with, you know, some things that may have happened between panels. And I, one of my favorite stories is when uh, when when Kurt had the image inducer and he and Logan went to went to the bar in the, in, in town and um, and and Logan eventually whether it was it was um, goading him or uh, building up his confidence or what have you but but by the end of the story Kurt had turned it off and and you know it was his true form there sitting at the bar and 
it, he he is of all the characters he's he's the one who's well there's the beast right next to him but you know he kind of he stands out and when everybody else can kind of um pass for a regular human he can't and he definitely owns that now and 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 he is he's 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 proud as as you know Vince said he that 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 time he was a man of the cloth um he's there's just something about him and and there's definitely something about him when alan davis draws him i when he's oh, standing shit, up straight yeah six oh my tall, god it is stunning he is yeah. a gorgeous specimen i absolutely adore nightcrawler 100 he's definitely my number two easily yeah uh, the and, number and, one and, artist to ever tackle the character alan davis uh, no yeah. Yeah, without yeah, yeah. without no question, question. Yeah. yeah absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. um that yeah, fucking Warlord of Mars cover, good oh, God. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, I was going to say, he's, he's not on my top five, but, I mean, he certainly would be in the top ten. I mean, he's another character. Like I said, I was looking at doing my list. I thought, wow, I love him, and it, it felt weird to not have him on the list. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, Just in terms of restraint, he well, could have gotten in Megan's pants and didn't. Yeah, that's true. Like yeah, when yeah, Megan's, right? But when Megan's throwing it at you, you're not going to say, "Holy no, shit!" I'm not. That's the thing. Like that's why I love it. Like no, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, dude. Like yeah, he's he's a great character for sure. Um, yeah. So uh, my number two is probably is a character that I'm guessing is not either of your number ones, but probably would be on many listeners' top five lists as well. Uh, and that's Wolverine, of course. Um, no secret, I love the character. Uh, you know, like probably, I, I don't know, if, like if you're probably the most like standalone famous of the char- of the of the giant size characters, right? Like the first to have his own book, and you know, he's had his own movies. Yeah. Like he's he certainly like punctured the pop culture ceiling yeah. in a way that uh, that that our other favorite characters haven't Thanks, yet. John Byrne. Yeah, um, you know, and then obviously the Frank, but like, but 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 I, I mean, I love the character, and and I've said many times when you have a character like this, or or sp- sp- any character that that gets like multiple books about them over the years, it, there are going to be times when it's there's bad comics. In fact, no disrespect to to to, to Ben Percy, but I, I think the the current incarnation of, of Wolverine is one of the weakest of the of the Hickman overseen X books. But but I, I love the character. I always have. I I. Uh, you know, I, I probably don't need to tell our listeners what the appeal is, but I've always found him fascinating. I love the moral juxtaposition of this feral guy who has committed all measure of atrocities in his life, but is also driven by this strange code of honor, the samurai code of honor. And, and you talked about loyalty earlier um, with Hank. I mean, Logan is, is the epitome of loyal, um, but there have been moments where his bestiality, either through force or coercion or just state of things have overcome that and he's done things he's deeply regretted, including hurting people he's loved. And, um, I just think there's been a lot of fascinating and exciting stories. I think he's just cool looking. Um, I think he's, uh, you know, but I, I also acknowledge that, that as with any character that's had thousands of appearances, there are plenty of times when it's, it's cringy too. So I understand he can rub some people the wrong way, particularly because he is overexposed in, in some ways. But, but for me, um, you know, I, I I always really enjoy and appreciate a good Wolverine story. And when I think of my all-time favorite X runs, he's in every one. Uh, there's not a there's not he he's he's in Burn Claremont. He's in 
Whedon Cassidy. He's in Uncanny X Force. He's in um, he's in Hickman. You know, he's he's in Morrison. So I, I there there isn't like I and in uh, other than the OG run, um, if you I just don't think if you were to say to someone, "What's your favorite X Men run of all time?" There isn't one. I mean, even if you're like, oh, Outback, I'm an Outback OG or I'm a Mutant Massacre OG. There isn't an X-Men run that would be considered your favorite that Wolverine isn't prominently featured. So I love him to death and uh, I'll never not, um, <laughs> you know, and, and uh, whether I like his doppelganger offshoot uh, analogs will as remain. We may find out later. I, I may have not not share the same view of some of those, but hmm. but uh, but I love the OG. So. Well, maybe the fact that he's so loyal uh, plays into the the uh, the dog Don't aspect. Now, you know? no, see, now you're just trying to be hurtful. Now. <laughs> of course, I am. Just trying to be hurtful. All right. Okay, well, it's time for our number ones. It, yes, number one. You want to go first, or do you want to? Yeah, I'll go first because my number one has already been given by one of you, mm. um, and that's Beast. That's Hank McCoy. Oh no! Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, and I'm so I wasn't mad that you. Um, yeah, he is. Uh, while I don't, well, nothing compares to my fascination with Domino on the art front, and obviously Phantom X is is a distant but still probably shocking second in terms of volume of Phantom X art I have. I, as you both know, I I, I also get a ton of Beast art. Um, I love Hank, and, and I I love Hank for a lot of the reasons you said. Dap, um, when I was coming up, the two books that meant the most to me. Uh, and as you guys know, I've said this on the show many times, uh, I don't really buy back issues anymore per se, but, but I still do have this existing standing goal of, of, of like in, in a perfect world, I would get rid of all of my single issues I ever owned, but I would have complete runs of X-Men and Avengers. And Hank is one of the few, uh, that have been a prominent member of both. Now, yes, it's, I just mentioned Wolverine is my number two. But while I don't have like the visceral disgust for Wolverine being an, an Avenger like Vince does, I I don't like Wolverine would not be anywhere near my top ten favorite Avengers. Um, but Beast is a top ten Avenger for me, and I loved the stories when he was a member. And then I I think again Beast has been such a constant from and and the only OG on my list, and actually the only OG on any of our lists, uh, at least to this point. I don't know who your number ones are, but. Um, you know, he was an OG. He was there at the beginning and he evolved. And And the thing I love about him is that you can look at him in a lot of different ways. And while some of my favorite stories for him were as this jovial beacon of light in a very dark book, he's evolved now where he's almost the the he's almost taken on like Atlas, the weight of all the hard decisions he he is he is very morally ambiguous now and and has been for a long time he's made decisions that he thought were for the betterment of his team and his yeah. family and his species that even he acknowledges have had horrifying uh unexpected or even sometimes i guess expected repercussions and he makes those hard choices and deals with the guilt of them because he chooses to to do what he thinks is right for for uh, the people he cares about, even even though he knows it may be a moral conundrum, and I, I just love him. I think he's very complex, and visually, I just adore him. I, I I I really didn't like his original design when he was just big, big hand, big footed, kind of loafy, uh, primate like 
depiction of a human, but but I I just when they turned him, as you noted, Dap originally was gray um, in in Astonishing Adventures, but uh, but I, I but but I just I love the design and um, Amazing Adventures rather, and and I love the design and and I just like the blue furred beast is always going to be my beast and I rep for him. I, I think he's great and a complex character and one that uh, is just he's he's. I just love the idea of this physically imposing, dexterous, strong, feral beast of a creature who inside is the mind of a of an absolute genius that that uh, brings a lot more value to the team with his brain than he ever really does with his brawn. And mm. uh, I just love it. So, yeah, Hank is my number one. That's awesome. Okay. <laughs> I'll give you my number one, and uh, it will... Uh, be a clear indication to the listeners that both of you, whatever you pick, are wrong because <laughs> my number one X-Men of all time is Cable. The Storm. Cable. The Ascani son, the baby from the future, <laughs> the uh, the mutant Zen master. I just, I adore Cable. There's there's uh, Soldier X, any kind of uh, story that has depicted Cable, the, the Ladron stuff, he just works for me on a level that no other mutant has ever worked. Um, he knows stuff because he's from the future. And yet uh, he's sent back to the past and nobody kind of believes him. He has daddy issues. <laughs> having been having been abandoned, he's got apocalypse issues. Uh, I just, I'm fascinated by the character. Uh, visually, I think he's stunning. He's imposing. Then you had the, the the techno virus taking him over. Shut up! That was like golden age uh, cable for me when he was battling uh, basically mutant cancer. Uh, it was great, and uh, I I think the character is wonderful. You do, yeah. Uh, well, Jason did not pick the only OG. Uh, there's no mine is no secret. It should not be surprising at all to anybody who's listened to anything that I've ever said about about the X Men or the team. My favorite. Uh, it hasn't changed, even um, even though uh, he's appeared to have been most human because of the choices he's made. Because he's not exactly um, the best man when it comes to picking. <laughs> Choosing what's better for his family, uh, and that is uh, Cyclops, Scott Summers. It's uh, there's always just whether it's I, I was I I was a nerdy kid with brown hair and glasses, and and that's just for whatever reason I I, I saw I see Scott Summers, and um, there was just something about the character. Yeah, I, I, it's probably similar to my attraction to. Hal Jordan, there's some characters where I just, you know, I'm the You love the, cops, dude. I it's yeah, that, that's it. It's it's you know, that 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 stiff stick up the ass motherfuckers like, no guys, these are the rules and, and you know, no no loud music. It's just like, you know, dude, I I don't know whether it was because um I think I still am, but I was a socially awkward kid. I I I didn't um I didn't feel like I fit in, and and because of the rest of the team, uh, to me Scott always came across at, because he is he, he did act more mature than he was. Um, 
he was the one who usually was, you know, left. He always felt to me like he was the everybody else is going out. We're gonna have a good time. Yeah, you know, Scott's gonna stay home, and and it's just he always just appeared to be kind of the, the dude who always just kind of he'd be the fifth wheel, and um, none obviously he's not, but it, it was just the way he came across to me uh, in those issues, and and I I. I loved the way Paul Smith drew him, and there, and, and of course, unfortunately, he wasn't necessarily. And Smith didn't draw a ton of issues as an X Men artist, but uh, Scott was also on his way out at that point. He wasn't really; he he had left uh, to go, um, you know, be with Madeline Pryor, and uh, of course, he didn't exactly do right by her. And then uh, he, he was going to choose between leading the team. Or being with his family, and then Storm cheated during that battle, and and he ended up leaving the team to go, go to Alaska. And that didn't last long because then we get X Factor. But yeah, I, I said he is not, he's not the best X Men character by a long shot as far as uh, how he's he's written, how he comes across. He, he is a leader. He, he's he's stern. Um, and he's Cable's dad, but it's it's one of those things where um, it's kind of like your first love. You just it, I I read an X Men book. He was in it, and it was just something that uh, he wasn't built like a brickshit house, like so many other superheroes are. The the whole costume where he was pretty much, aside from his mouth, he's pretty much completely covered. He was one of the characters. Dude, his costume had the whole. Um, now his whole head's covered, uh, and and just something about those Captain America swashbuckler boots that everybody was wearing at the time. I don't know. It's just I, I have to sit on a couch sometime and maybe really get into it. But for what it is, whatever it's worth, however you cut it, uh, it hasn't changed in all these years when it comes to favorite X Men's at the top of the list. Uh, it's always Cyclops for me, and it still is. Nice, nice. Before we do the bottom five, yeah, I want to tell you why I loved Future State Swamp Thing number one. Yeah, I was going to say let's talk a little more comics. Yes, right, Be- because it's I mean it's obvious. Uh, Dap, you didn't read Swamp Thing, did you? I didn't get a chance to know. All right, um, I've always loved the Swamp Thing character. Uh, this is a really strange. Um, off kilter take on a, a really strange off kilter character. Uh, it's written by Ram V, mm-hmm. illustrated by Mike Perkins. Oh my goodness! Uh, color art by June Chung. Uh, putting the narrative to the side for a second, there's a series of introspections into the creative kind of physiology of a plant elemental that interrupt the narrative in this. What they are is like, it'll go into the, you know, uh, the phylum and uh, I changed it to, to mimic muscles and it's an anatomy lesson, which I took, I translated that into a well-deserved tip of the hat to Alan Moore because Alan Moore's legendary take on the swamp thing was called mm-hmm. the anatomy lesson, right? So there's a really smart little conceptual hook to this thing, but 
the narrative is very strange. Um, I don't know when this takes place in DC continuity. I don't even know if it's DC continuity proper. It could be an offshoot. Because remember, all of the future state stuff spin out of death metal. And at the end of death metal, something happens that makes all of the multiverse possible. So whether this is the DCU proper or if it's another Earth, doesn't really matter to me. Like, I don't get the 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 feeling that that this is alec holland i don't know who this character is and from what i've heard the the swamp thing ongoing written by ram v is not alec holland it's a different person in the role of the elemental which is cool whatever uh i'm down for it but um in, in this issue swamp thing is called green father right and um there's a retelling of the events that led to this issue. Um, uh, The Earth itself, the ecosystem of the planet, fought back against the violent, self-destructive organism ravaging its surface. We call it humanity, right? Um, And the end of the war saw the humans and the heroes that rallied around them, they were gone. They weren't all dead, but they were va- their numbers were vastly reduced. Um, so the Green Father, a.k.a. the Swamp Thing, he seeded the world. Um, each of these things grow- germinating right into unique, distinctive beings. And we're introduced to a bunch of them in this issue. You, there's this young, red-haired uh, female plant uh, being called Kala, and she just she's thirsty for knowledge. So she's the 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 prod that pokes the 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 swamp thing into retelling the tale that led to the uh, the status quo in this issue. There's um, a plant creature called Indigo, which is basically the Loki of the group. Uh, instantly dislikable. He's a snarky fuck. Uh, he's the worm in the apple, right? Oh, woe is me. And he's he's sowing discord and chaos the entire time. He questions uh, the authority of the, the you know, green father and everything that he does. And he, he, he plants seeds of, him, of his own within the minds of his uh, brethren. And that maybe, maybe the green father isn't everything he's cracked up to be because he questions him, right? Uh, takes him to task in some of his uh, endeavors, and then and then you get this this female heroic uh, warrior named Heather, and and um, you know I'll I'll leave it to the reader to discover the the merits of Heather, but it, it turns out that the Green Father is on a mission to locate the surviving pockets of humanity. Why we don't know yet. But he finds one, uh, uh, a man that was involved in a project at something called Star Fortress. And Star is, of course, an acronym, S-T-A-R. So, yeah, it, it, there's a connection to Star Labs. This was called Star Fortress. Um, and he had some super science going on involving what appears to be, to my eyes anyway, uh, Jason Woodrow. 
the fluoronic. Mm. Yeah, the fluoronic. Well, you can't have Swamp Thing without the fluoronic, man, right? Um, but in this uh, iteration, he's known as the Undying Man. Uh, and uh, there's another character. It's Alan Scott's son, Todd Rice. Obsidian? Yes, Obsidian. Okay. And Obsidian, in this reality, is known as Obsidian's son. And there's something going on within this star fortress that this man is confessing to that involved the Floronic Man and Obsidian. I don't know what, I don't know why. That's the cliffhanger at the end of this issue. But uh, intriguing. Uh, really, just uh, out of the left field, never expected anything uh, along the lines of this. That, you know, post-apocalyptic scenario where humanity's been been weeded, whittled down to like uh, a fraction of a fraction of what we used to be. And in its stead, you have all these ele- these plant elementals. Well, let's just say the plant elemental and all his uh, children running around looking for humans why i don't know but it's it's just it i think it's fascinating and at the hands of mike perkins holy hell uh perkins uh you know an astounding performance here just uh commanded attention i think it's gorgeous and it's but it's the complete package where wonder woman was great art decent story this is Amazing art, fantastic story. This is, uh, it's going to be tough to beat the Swamp Thing, number one, as my, uh, I mean, we'll see what happens. But for right now, week one of Future State, Swamp Thing is just head and shoulders above everything that came out. It's great. Uh, and Ram V is going to be writing the ongoing Swamp Thing, so I, I think, think Perkins is drawing it too. Yeah, yeah, I think the franchise is in really, really good hands. Um, I, and I'm getting it in single issues. If, well, it warms my heart to hear you love a Swamp Thing book because I know yeah. with characters that we hold dear, like Swamp Thing or Howard, for you, like it can be tough. Sometimes oh, hell connect. yeah, yeah. Well, I, like I said, I bottomed out on the the uh, New Fifty Two Swamp Thing. That probably was my fault. Uh, I tire of things fairly um, quickly, I guess. Uh, but I've rectified that, and I've ordered the uh, omnibus. So maybe I will realize my mistake once I get it. But this is really—it's it, very intriguing. Like I want to know. Uh, there are—they show things in this double-page spread that led to uh, the new status quo, and Doctor Fate's in there. And uh, John Stewart, like, I don't know what. I'm sure they're going to reveal things in the ongoing that got to this point. And nothing would make me happier if the Swamp Thing ongoing has zero connection to the DC universe. That would be great yeah. because yeah. that's the way Swamp Thing started. Vertigo yeah. had, I, I mean, not not it's the Bernie Wrights and yeah. Len Wein. The Vertigo Swamp Thing had zero connection. Uh, to you know, big DCU. Uh, yeah, okay. Batman, Justice League showed up eventually, uh, but um, yeah, for for all intents and purposes, it was an autonomous uh, entity. But yeah, uh, this is great. If the 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 number one book you should try if you're reading the Future State stuff is Swamp Thing number one. Yep. 
Sure. I may read that one for you. Oh, it's great. It's really great. Uh, Perkins's art will spin your head around. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Really, really, really good. We met Perkins like the first or second C2E2. Yes. He's I don't, very, very talented. I don't believe I was there, was I? You weren't. Right. It was Dap, Dap Neesman and I. Yeah. My loss. I like Mike Perkins' stuff. Yes, sir. So back to the X-Men, or does Dap want to talk about a Future State book? Uh, yeah, I could do that. Um, so I am going to... Uh, okay, I'll, I'll, because I know Vitz could chime in on this if he so chooses to. Right. Uh, the less thing, less said, the better maybe, but I'm, I'm here to at least talk about how stunning I found the, um, the John Timms artwork in Future State Superman of Metropolis. And, um, this was, I mean, it's... You know, you're giving me a Superman book. I'm going to check it out. It's, it's. Um, I'm going to try to find. Chances are, I'm going to find something to enjoy. Um, and this is this is a Jonathan Kent Superman, older than we've seen him in Superman books in Legion of Superheroes. It, it is the future. Something has happened. Um, Dad is not on the planet, and there is a being called um, Brain Cells, which is basically an iteration, another generation, a regeneration mutation of Brainiac 5. Of Brainiac, sorry. And um, the citizens of Metropolis are basically all plugged in. Nanotech has invaded uh, their lives, their bodies, and they are, for all intents and purposes, being controlled, being persuaded, being um, being moved. And John is aware of this and um, and wants to get rid of the force that's uh, the entity that that's doing all of this. So he is going to take brain cells from metropolis and 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 brain cells is kind of like it it's he's a sphere with a bunch of mouths a bunch of teeth all around um kind of like a cross between like mogo and the supreme intelligence or something it's just weird and in order for um for jonathan to save the day because now the the army has been called in and and they are ready to uh attack or restore order to Metropolis. Superman wants to make sure nobody gets hurt. So what he does is he uh, he takes Metropolis and he shrinks it. So it's now basically the bottle city of Kandor Metropolis style, and um, he takes it to he takes it and brain cells to the Fortress of Solitude. Um, but. Supergirl comes back to town, notices that there's a big old hole where Metropolis used to be. And she goes to the fortress to confront John and um, 
find out what the hell. Um, now, because John is part human, his physiology is slightly different than Kara's, and therefore the control, the um, the Kryptonian technology or the kryptonite or brain cells has something that he can use to manipulate Supergirl. Um, and so she and John, Supergirl and Superman have a huge knockdown drag out fight. And, um, and he, uh, and, and John picks up on it pretty quickly. He's not quite sure what exactly is going on, but he's noticed that, you know, brain cells have started to, uh, Glow a little bit more, getting a little bit um, circuits of uh, getting a little brighter since Kara arrived, and and Kara's getting slightly more aggressive and um, stern. Um, and then brain cell starts egging her on, and when she wallops John, because I'm a really nice looking uppercut. Um, Brain Cells is all about it. He's like, yeah, that's it. You know, go it's like, like he's front row at an AEW match. And he's just ha- having a field day watching these two fight. Um, but it turns out that uh, the, the, what do you call it? Um, how did he say it? The, yeah, there, there's a um, neridium is basically it, it's it's like kryptonite it affects pure kryptonians um and and so it, it's kind of like the, a callback to the old red k blue k gold k something is is going to it's kryptonite it's messing with her uh so she's fighting superman um i like wonder woman um i really 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 enjoyed the art here but they they do the heroes tend to um stop fighting long enough to kind of figure out other things um because john is telling what when 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 supergirl gets away from brain cells he's able she's able to kind of get control back to herself and and john is talking about john's attitude towards the citizens of metropolis are different than supergirl's um because this Superman, he doesn't fly away when the job is done. He goes back down and he talks to the people. He finds out, you know, what 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 they're dealing with, what's going on. He's 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 trying to understand them more than his, more than probably his father, and definitely his cousin have done. Or I'm sorry, his uh, yeah, his cousin have done. So um, he sees things a little differently than her. He's trying to explain things to her. I I, I appreciated that part of. Um, that 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 layer that that Sean Lewis added to this, but um, it, the the issue ends. The story ends with the traditional type of Superman comic booky cliffhanger. Uh, again, though, it was the um, the story didn't knock me on my ass, but it was definitely um, Tim's that 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 kept me engrossed on on every page. There are two. Backups. Uh, there is a um, a Mr. Miracle story. This Mr. Miracle is um, Shiloh Norman from uh, the Grant Morrison Seven Soldiers version, uh, and there is a Guardian slash Jimmy Olsen um, backup. The 
Mr. Miracle is illustrated by um, Bitch Planet's uh, Valentin D. Landro and written by Brandon Easton and the um, the Guardian story is by um, the art is by Cully Hamner and uh, Michael Levon Oming and it is written by Sean Lewis uh, again the, the the Guardian story I thought both artists did a great job. They, they, surprisingly, they kind of complement each other. It was it. I, I really. I mean, I'm I'm a big Cully fan, um, but even it, it wasn't super jarring when when you turn the page and there's Michael Ivan Oming's style of uh, of line work. Um, I dug the story because I was introduced to characters that I'm not familiar with, so I'm I'm looking forward to, to finding more out about that. The Mister Miracle story, I wasn't. It was more or less there i wasn't super thrilled with it but for me um i i i'm happy when i have 20 plus pages of, of john tim's art to look at so in in that case this leans towards a winner for me but i can um it, it may be one of the see i don't even want to say it may have been one of the more confusing future state books because i mean it it's as John is talking about things that have gone on recently, it could kind of fill in some gaps. We don't know everything that's happened since death metal and, and what led to this and, and how far in the future this may be. Um, and since there are other Superman related books still to come this month, we're not sure what Clark has been up to. Um, well, he's so on war I, world. So yeah, no. That's that's why he's not on Earth. I, he's on War World. I, yes, but but you know, how did he get there? Why is you know? So right, I'm, I'm hoping. Right. I'm I'm I, I I'm glad that I don't want. I don't necessarily need my hand held in this first issue of this new event when there's still other issues to come that I can maybe then play Sherlock and piece things together. And right. and, and right. I, I, I'm excited about that. I'm looking forward to that. I, I I for me though the the big sell on this issue. Was Tim's no no two ways about it. I I like the Guardian, and this is uh, this is not the 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 Jim Hammond Guardian that, that that you may be familiar with. And and we get some newsboys, and that's really cool. I I thought the um I thought the Guardian tale was pretty spiffy, but um but yeah, I don't um I mean Sean Lewis, we enjoyed Thumbs, and it it, it took me a second to remember that that's where I had, I'm familiar with Lewis's work. Um, I think this is his only DC work. I think I, I, I don't quote me, but right. um, it was. I don't know. I, I, it's it's not like I could say he's got a handle on Superman. This isn't even Clark Kent. It's not Cal. So it's it's like it's a Superman. So it's you know he he it, it's fine for him to play around with this character that's still fairly new. Um, but if if I can get more John Tim's drawing anything, especially Supergirl, I'm 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 here for it. Well, I'll be brief because I don't want to be a downer, but we we did enjoy Thumbs, and it was Dap that reminded me that Sean Lewis did write Thumbs, uh, which was why I I was surprised because I thought Superman of Metropolis number one was garbage, just total front to back garbage. Um, uh, the the saving grace was John Tim's art, which I agree with Dap was great. The the art on the Guardian 
was was wonderful but uh the the opening of the book is like entering a large crowded room there's voices and information pummeling you from every angle and every area like the the info dump that starts the book is just too much like he just loads you with information yeah, yeah. early on like this is what happens and these are the tyrants and and this is the the uh the brain cells ai and this is what happens and then you get the midichlorian thing with the the kryptonite bullshit like I just didn't like any of it. I, I to the to the point where I will actively avoid anything Sean Lewis writes for DC. Wow. Yeah. For DC, like not even like No, for I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Thumbs was really good. But this book was crap. I I don't mean to be uh uh, that guy but i just did not get i, I know, got you didn't think it, i right? thought when after i read this i thought well there was uh four bucks wasted okay. i mean and and you did ask if if there's any bendis stuff here no because so, there's so, so many things there's so many concepts early on in the issue that i was like what where did this come from like john touches something on his wrist what does he call it? A telex or something? Or? No, it's Kellex. He's, he's he's communicating with Kellex from uh, at at the fortress. Oh, okay, got it. Right, but I was, to be honest, once I got a certain point through the, the issue, I was extremely disinterested, and it, this is not the Kara that we know. I don't think um, John would uh, candorize metropolis and well, that, that's what he says he's like yeah most people didn't think i would pull this off because he's not his father <sighs> oh yeah we know he's not his father you know, it's he's his father's son uh I, yeah i just i didn't like any of it i'm sorry i'm uh, not sorry i'm not sorry except, except the look but yeah I know. oh no tim's work is yeah. really sharp yeah um uh, he takes liberties with anatomy but it's cool sure. i think so, it, it, so so did kirby Right? right yeah uh that's not a detriment in my mind if you can get it to work for you as tim's does then great and yeah, I, nice. I i don't know the the artist on um the guardian story but i thought it was really sharp you know, um, wait, the, the, the artist on the guardian story was cully hamner and oh avon right right avon yeah i thought it was the, really the miracle was um a uh, crap Delandro, that was that, that's the artist from Bitcoin. Oh, right? uh, it, and speaking of X, I know Dap, you of all of us are uh, very, very uh, sensitive about making sure people get their are called Valentine. by their appropriate name. It's Valentine. It is Valentine, like, right. like Valentine's Day. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, it's I, utter, it's I, utterly forgettable. At, uh, New York Comic Con. I I introduced myself and and uh, he was kindly enough to say it's Valentine, not Valentine. That's nice. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. right. okay. Maybe you should put that kind of energy into drawing Mr. Miracle because wow. it, it ain't working. Okay. Bitch. I mean, I didn't see this issue, but I adored him on Bitch Planet. I wish we got more Bitch Planet. This is not Bitch Planet. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm being a little rough. All right. Yeah, I think you guys. I, I, I mean, for someone who didn't want to be a downer, yeah. I'm sorry. Just, I got to be honest. Need to flower when it comes to your Superman. I hey, I love my Supermans, and I love Mister Miracle, and I love the Guardian, but there wasn't. A so whole... everybody can't be John Byrne, just drawing really classic-looking figures and forgetting to draw backgrounds. Ah, that you know. Well, you know, I'll have my comeuppance on the bottom five. 
of the uh, <laughs> yeah. the X Men because now let's get into it. Our top five least favorite X Men. To use your own term, right? You go first. Okay. Um, well, like I said, I didn't. I didn't. I wanted to have fun with this. Uh, the only rule I put on is that like I wasn't going to put like a zeitgeist or like a, a someone like like was on the team for a couple issues and zeitgeist. was dumb and you know um beak what no well well i mean beak i think would be okay to put on because yeah beak was a, was a big part was of in the book for stuff. a long time yeah. but my number five is joseph oh nice um, <laughs> yeah um, that's a good one uh <laughs> joseph was a scott lopedale creation you might see a running theme here. Um, <laughs> and uh, for those that, that weren't reading X-Books back then or during that period of time, he was basically uh, originally viewed uh, by Rogue as a somehow as Magneto, but an amnesiac. But he didn't remember being Magneto, and he was like significantly younger than Magneto. But she was convinced it was Magneto somehow. <laughs> And, uh, hey, it's comics, so, right? Like, why not? And he became a part of the team and was a part of the team for a, a good chunk of time. And it turns out that Joseph looked and sounded like an amnesiac Magneto because he was a clone of Magneto. Mm. And we find that out because they're fighting Eric the Red for, like, the hundredth time. And this Eric the Red happens to be the, quote-unquote, real Magneto. And so, they're like, well, wait, if you're the real Magneto, then... And who are you? And it turns out he's a clone. And uh, yeah, and he has this ar- a story arc that uh, comes and goes, and we really never hear of him again. And um, I just, uh, yeah, I just, I think it was so lazy. It was, it was a blatant attempt to de-age Magneto to make him relevant again. And then at some point they pivoted and made him a clone because they brought the real Magneto back. And I just, uh, it also happens to be he was one of the centerpieces of what I view to be one of the absolute worst runs in X-Men history. One of those times when as a fan back then you were reading these books because you had momentum and uh, I just couldn't wait for the book to get good again. So number five, Joseph. Okay. Dab's like, Oh, he was my number seven favorite. No, I, I mean, he, he's definitely somebody that uh, I am not familiar with. So I can, I, Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So you were not reading during the Lobdell era. You were better for it. Yeah, during after um after the marriage, I kind of uh, after the wedding, I, I between Scott and Jean, I I was I was kind of done for a bit, and then uh, so I wasn't there for for really the the Phalanx and Wolverine getting his adamantium strip and things like that. I I, I kind of missed that. Yeah, there you go. So um, that was number five. Yep. <clears throat> well. This is so lame. My number five is Gambit. I mean, go ahead. I mean, why? How could Gambit not be on a uh, least favorite hey, X Men list? Dude, he's my number one. Oh my god. Okay, please. Yeah, go ahead. Both of you. I just think he sucks. There's there's non- nothing at all. <laughs> nothing redeeming. No, there's nothing interesting about Gambit at all. There isn't, there Visually, isn't. I think it's a terrible design. Um, the 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 power to infuse playing cards with some kind of energy is so stupid. Well, you realize he can infuse 
anything. I understand, but okay, so why not big chunks of metal? Like, why do you gotta use playing cards? Oh, the Creole well, thing. Bullseye uses. I mean, because bullseye is deadly. Just, bullseye can kill you with a paperclip, right? That's cool. That's suave. I am going to throw the jack of diamonds at you. Like, who cares? Seriously, dude. Like, what does he carry? A, well, he obviously carries a pack of playing cards around with him. Multiples. He, he could have a bow staff. He you. could have you uh, a bow staff. Only works for turtles. Okay. Yeah. No, Gambit is, if I could, I dislike Gambit. Okay. There are some X-Men that I dislike more than Gambit, but they have redeeming qualities. And I'll get into them. I don't think Gambit has any redeeming qualities. So wait, so why isn't he your number one then? Yeah, he's number five. I can only imagine how much because the next four are. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just uh, he's Salt Peter to Poor me. Poor Caleb. Caleb's crying right now. Well, I don't see how you could like at all. Well, let's. Uh, I mean, Depp's it's number Depp's number one. So yeah, it's. I mean, he was. It, it's one of those things where it it plays a part in um, when I kind of came back to the X Men um, in in the it, it, there was just I know that um, the the big draw was of course you know. Jim Lee drawing the book at the time. I was I was there for two seventy five. I was there for a few issues. I remember Gambit showing up. I, he showed up earlier, but um, I was just like, you know, dude walks in and it's like, oh, the panties are dropping. Away. I just I didn't wow, get really what was going on. I'm like, why is this dude so? Right. It's like he's got the whole thing with Rogue and oh, can I touch him? I don't want to touch. Him. I he should. I it's like, dude, just I don't. And the I whole just, Creole I, thing, like, yeah, tr- why don't we just? extend his um you, you can't connect with the character as it is so let's make him a creole too so maybe like a percent of a percent would ever know what's going on here i don't know i don't it, it's i mean not that there have been x-men that have some some odd looks but the the two finger gloves the, the whole <laughs> the, the head the headpiece i don't get the fucking trench coat like, dude, like he's a paladin like, wannabe. It's, it's, it's like leather jacket Avengers. It's like you're already wearing an out, like you're wearing a uniform. I don't like you're already you're in you're wearing armor and yeah. now you're wearing a leather jacket. It's I just I never got it. It could have I I think the eyes are cool when he powers up and the eyes go black. I mean that that's neat, but um, it's one of those things where it, it's I I I recognize I appreciate. The uh, the infusion Jim Lee gave to the X Men, but when I think of Jim Lee's X Men, I also think of Gambit, and and it makes it harder for me to just cheer Jim Lee X Men the way my friends do because Gambit is attached to that. It, it, I don't know what it is about. I can't. I really can't. It's it's not rational. Doesn't make any sense at all. But when it comes to X Men that are just like. I don't understand the need for him to be here. I just it, he's he is an absolute turnoff to me. What benefit could he ever have to a team? Uh, Let's he, invade this uh, this Shiar. Oh, he's, he's a thief. Ah, okay, so, he's a master so thief. He, I mean, he's obviously based. He, he's not on my bottom five. I, I mean, I don't. He's nowhere near my 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 favorite character either. I so I don't like. I'm not like in a rep for him. But I, 
I find him in the side of the lake in the middle. Like I have no issues with him being a part of any of the X teams. When I'm reading a book, I, I think his relationship with rogue is actually like a redeeming factor for him. I think that's like a consistent, like no matter who's written the book, I think there's a consistent, like genuine love between those two. And I think that's awesome. Um, and I, but I don't like, I mean, if we're going to nerd out, like I don't get the critique of the power, like what would he be good for? Number one, he is one of the world's greatest thieves. So he's incredibly good at stealth. Number two, he is like a near Omega level energy user. He, he, he chooses to use the cards because he can wield them with pinpoint accuracy. If you use bigger things, it would be like massive explosions that wouldn't do any good when you're trying to be stealthy. But like when they're in battles, like, like cypher, I get, why not marbles then? Why not? Like I I get you saying like, what does cypher do or what does pixie do? But like in a battle, he can fucking blow anything up. He wants. Right. So so he uses playing cards. Why not marbles? Why not jacks? Because the but, creator thought it would be cool because people fling cards he thought look cool. Like, I don't know. Uh, I mean, nah, it's just, again, I'm not going to rep for him. Like, no, I, I get it. Like, he's great. But I, I will 100% agree with you on the costume design. Like, and I don't understand in a, in a world of comics where they redesign lots of characters all the time. Like, they've stayed consistent with that trench coat look. And it, like you said, Dap, it, if he was just a dude in a trench coat like Pete Wisdom, all right, yeah, cool. Like, that's your look, dude. But, like, he's got a full on, like, like 21st century like cybernetic armor under there so yeah. i don't understand like what but the the headgear too with the hair peeking out the top what are you a troll yeah i agree i think a lot of your hate form is the is the character design honestly it's, it's so it. silly um yeah. and like i said i, I i'm not going to be like oh he's he's an amazing character but i i, I don't yeah. have a hate form like you guys seem to. well and i will say a lot of our listeners probably don't because he was an integral part of the cartoon. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I absolutely understand. Which didn't mean much to any of us. As we're no, about. no. It's the beautiful. only time Gambit worked for me was when Sylvester was drawing him. I can get that. That's it. That's it. Right. And the whole right. French thing. French is never cool. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I mean, Pantheon's... Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, he, no, I mean, you don't have to apologize. It's, Gambit. It's what it is. Gambit. I'd say Gollum. I vomit when I see Gollum. And yet, it's number five, which is what I'm baffled by. No, right. because because I find the ones above it more reprehensible. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Well, my number four is. I didn't um, get my five. Oh, I thought. Oh, that's right, because it was your number one. Sorry. Right. Oh, shit on Dap, why don't you? Oh my bad. My bad. <laughs> poor Dap. <laughs> no, well, dude's no. got to miss number one. I mean, damn. Uh, uh, yeah, poor Gambit. Poor um. Actually, this is weird. I kind of feel bad. That, that's probably why he's my he's my number five because um, he's not my he's the least least favorite. He's, he's the, the best least favorite. I don't know. It's Forge. I I just I mm. don't. Wow. I, yeah. I mean, I yeah. I, I, don't I just like Forge too. Storms Storms like closest male. Yes. Yeah. 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 I just I don't. I never. I. I don't. I, I just never understood the. Uh, I, he, I thought initially he was kind of cool. Got the one leg. He's you know he's 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 good with the with with the tech. But over time, like if I lose all interest if Barry Winter Smith isn't drawing him, I just I'm like yeah that's I don't I I'm not sure what purpose he serves. I just he's I and I think the whole Native American thing was like tacked on. Towards the, you know with the feather and stuff yeah and okay yeah I'm, um 
I just I get you. I, I, I don't. Um, yeah, I, it, it's just one of those things where I, I, I'm expecting more, not getting it. I guess it's yeah. it's when I just think he's 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 like one of the of stories I've read with these characters. Uh, he, he's he's probably the most lackluster. Yeah, damn. I, I concur. Yeah. Hey, hand me that toaster and that foreman grill. I'm going to make an ultimate nullifier in three seconds. Dude, he's not, basically Reed Richards. That's what Reed Richards. No, he's not Reed Richards. <laughs> no, he's not. Oh, um, no, we have a new cosmic. Uh, uh, oh, let me just whip this up. Oh, I happen no. to have this in the closet. This. Uh, this no, I come mean, on. Reed Richards' entire existence is to MacGuffin things, and that's what Forge could do too. It's he's, they're both MacGuffin characters. Well, the, well, the, the difference between Reed and Forge is Reed is not contrived. Okay. Reed, okay, Reed would invent okay. the goddamn <laughs> Reed was nullifier. created in three seconds by Stan and Jack sitting around being like, "We gotta sell something to go against these DC people." I mean, the contrived. What does that even mean? Like, I think we're done. You're, here. you're suggesting that the that the thought behind creating Forge was was somehow trivial versus no. The, thought the thing Reed, Reed Reed would invent the thing he wanted to make real. Forge would use other people's designs, although he would use a toaster and a George Foreman grill to make the ultimate nullifier. Like the ultimate nullifier would have to have existed before Forge could even make it. Like he's not he's not inspired like Reed. He just uses other people's designs via toaster and a George Foreman grill. I, I think that's I guess yeah, I it's think imp- you, you, your memory of Forge is is misguided forge created all kinds of machinery and devices like that's what he could do he didn't he didn't take like maybe a poster and a tv and say let me make a teleporter he would say oh i created this teleporter because we need it well maybe i wasn't paying attention because i find the character uninteresting you're you're giving Forge short shrift over here and he has very close connections to another character (laughs) on my my bottom five yes uh, yeah. So he's tainted. Okay, so so Forge is Daps number five. He's got the stank. And Joseph was my number five. Um, my number four uh, is Legion, David Haller. Uh, oh, okay. oh see, I don't get that at all. Yeah, love the character, uh, but do not love the character. as There is nothing that makes sense for him being a hero, much less a member of a team. It, it doesn't make any sense. For, for those that don't know, uh, Legion is um, one of Professor X's children. He is uh, his son, along with uh, his mom is Gabriel Heller. How Gabriel Haller? Um, Legion has most of the time been a villain, uh, including when we're introduced to him. But there was a period of time when he was a member of the team in good standing, and it didn't make sense to me. And and I would just the reason it doesn't make sense to me is because. He's he's uh, he is a character with probably the most extreme version of disassociative identity disorder in in history. He's got hundreds of 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 compartmentalized um, car- of, of 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 people within him of of uh, identities, and uh, he's an omega level mutant. Some say one of the five or ten most powerful mutants of all time, and so each of his personalities when he manifested them would actually change his appearance and his powers um but it it just i and as i said i think the character itself is very cool and i think an amazing villain character 
but I did not understand when they would try and bring him into the team and reform him or control him because it was always just to, they only, every time they did it, it was just so that we would be waiting for it to go wrong. He was always a, uh, he was always a, 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 uh, a point of, con- of contention and chaos. And no matter how, how he started, whether it was good or bad, he always ended badly. And, uh, and was really without any kind of uh, redemption. So I, I just I don't understand him ever being heroic. So uh, yeah. So so peace peace the fuck out to Legion as a hero. Hmm. Okay. Can I play with madness? I I like <laughs> I like the character, but I didn't know this whole this whole team member thing. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Okay, my number four is the other half of the Infernal X equation, and it is the female counterpart to the shithole that is Gambit. Uh, my number four is Rogue. Wow, I'm baffled. Jesus. Yeah. Is she, she number two she, for you, Dad? No, she almost made my list, but okay. no, yeah. Yeah, did. the whole abstinence, y'all don't know... <laughs> How painful my life is because I can't touch nobody. Time out. You just you're making fun of the accent. You just got done putting Cannibal on your list, in part because you love that he was a country bumpkin hayseed. Yes, but there's a come on. You cannot compare Rogue and Cannibal. Yeah, Sam. Sam's an all shucks kind of dude, whereas Rogue is just that dude. The the, the Cannibal. The 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 hayseed rose out of the fields with cannonball and he became an actual he became a man rogue became the the character ticks that they applied to rogue sugar all that bullshit that became the character she was one-dimensional i gotta wear gloves because i can't touch you and oh i'm in love with gambit but we can never consummate our relationship because woe is me after a while i'm like Jesus, why are you devoting so much time to this character? And I, I understood why, because the artist loved to draw her, because she was sexy. I get it. But as, as far as a character that I can respect and, and glom onto and be a, a mouthpiece for me, the reader, no, Rogue, get out of here. Just a, a total waste of space to me. I can, I, I, I can respect that. Yeah, I, I, there's, I probably have read stories. She's not on my list because there have been stories I've read where, um, it wasn't a a complete turnoff. She's she's not a favorite of mine, but but she didn't she didn't make my bottom list. But uh, Havoc did. Oh really? Yeah, well, the bro- brotherly hate. Yeah. I wow. I, I it's the the um, I had a friend who in in junior high he um he he would take he would take his x-men comics and whenever havoc would use his power because he is his his power uh, you know wolverine has the snicked and and everybody you know mike crawler does everybody's got their sound effect he havoc didn't and he actually like hand drew sound effect letters that just havoc havoc like around the the concentric (laughs) circles i was like you're an idiot but okay yeah uh, havoc's um, a crop circle (laughs) So uh, there's just, I mean, he was 
I really didn't like him until Peter David did something with him in in X Factor. Um, yeah, he did a lot I, I just, with him. I, I mean, I, I never really got the whole headdress. Neil mm. made me know that looked him as cool as he could, but it just I, I was didn't know what was up with the antennas and and the uh, it's I don't know. I I thought it. Visually, it was a cool look because you know he's all black and in all black, and and then uh, when he powers up, it can, depending on who's drawing it, and he, um, the power shows up. But it, it's uh, there's just he kind of was just um, he wasn't. I'm not saying he was in Scott's shadow, but it just it, even with his personality, Alex Summers was just never really somebody that uh, he. he just wasn't interesting to me. They should have left I, him it, in this savage land. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we only we don't have we don't have an extra parachute. Sorry. Oh well. <laughs> uh, good luck, everybody. Um, yeah, but I, I I think your dislike of of Havoc is as rational as my dislike of Rogue. Okay. No, really, there's really nothing we can cite as being obnoxious. Yeah, you know, yeah. but there's cumulative. There's some. There, there are things that these characters do to us that we can't put into words. I don't get the havoc dislike, but you probably don't get the rogue dislike either. Well, it just to, is not to the level you have the rogue dislike. I, I, yeah. I, I, I can understand why, but it's, it's. Yeah, he's like, he's like Banya. It's just like, why you, you annoy me? Like he shows up and like, you know, my, 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 my neck goes in my shoulders. It's like, oh god, tell me you didn't say Banya. <laughs> I yeah. no, but I mean, at least with Rogue, if Jim Lee wants to draw her with a, a crop top, you know, yeah, and it, that's fine. It, it, but she is nothing more than eye candy to me. Where Havoc, I think he he managed to to attract Polaris. Oh yeah, no, he's he's. I'm sure you know he's 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 easy to look at, no matter who's drawing him, really, yeah. but. But how did how did the Summers brothers pull in all that trim, dude? They, it's they, people say the same thing about me. It, it's one of those things uh, where it's just it's it's. Uh, I, I guess you just got it going on. The girls like dudes with a sense of humor, and I guess you know you take your clothes off, people laugh at you. Okay, number three. Um, <laughs> yeah, number three, not dissimilar to why Legion was on my list. Um. It's it's another it it's it's Sabretooth. I, I oh I do not understand Sabretooth as an X and X Men. It, it it's oh, yeah. it, it just makes no sense. I mean, Sabretooth is is uh, arguably the um, like the the principal alpha Wolverine villain, um, but I just. You know, the thing that makes Wolverine interesting, and as much as you think he's interesting, is that he's got this moral ambiguity, right? He's got this ability to do the most heinous of things uh, right under the skin. But then, but but when he can, he chooses to live this extremely moral, loyal code of ethics to fight against his nature. And Sabretooth was the foil for that and, and, and the... The, the the sadist side of 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 the same basically the exact same power set only someone who relished in the ability to to maim and kill and torture and cause pain and and was unapologetic about it and uh, 
And I just, yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan of... Uh, Wolverine is one of the most mo- uh, knocked-off characters, both by Marvel and, and, and the Image guys. I mean, he's just a... He's one of those foils that has been used a million times, um, particularly in the 90s. I think they almost all suck, um, other than uh, Laura Kinney, X-23, who's become an awesome character in her own right, um, through great writing. But but I... Uh, much like with Legion, like I don't have a problem with Sabretooth in his classic moments as a villain. I think he's a great villain, but I I just don't get when they've attempted to make him part of the X Men because it's generally been in for like editorial reasons because Wolverine's out of the picture for some reason, and they want a Wolverine esque character to tell their right. stories with. So they bring and it's always some cockamamie thing like you know the last time it happened was because of. Uh, that Jason Aaron event where everybody got switched around and his stuck for some reason, everybody got that back to normal, but his stuck. So he, he went from being a guy that was completely amoral to a guy with complete morality. And then there was another time when they were, he was a reluctant member of the team like suicide squad, but they had this controller collar on him that, so he had to be good and he couldn't attack them, that kind of thing. And yeah, I just, I just don't, I just have no love for, like evil Wolverine. Cause the only thing that like one of the main things that makes Wolverine interesting is that he's constantly fighting against that side. So got no time for Sabretooth as an X-Men. How much does it suck to be wild child? Like a, mm. a cipher of a cipher. Oh, I mean, there are so many, I mean, I mean, wild child, wild side, uh, Shiv, feral. Yeah. Um, I mean, Dokken is, you know, who's, yeah. who's a, an active member. He's the, He's prominent in Hickman, uh, and he's a member of uh, of X Factor. But I, um, you know, there was like Ripclaw and Warblade and right. Deadlock, and yep. uh, yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of them. Oh, okay. my least favorite, by the way, of all those is Romulus. Speaking of turning Wolverine <laughs> into a dog, <laughs> I, I, if I see Jeff Loeb, I'm gonna slap him right in the face. But, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So, uh, so Sabretooth. <laughs> all right, number three. Not going to apologize. Cyclops. <laughs> Who? Cyclops. Oh, Jesus. That's yes. not where I thought you were going to go with that. I, I have never, ever liked Cyclops. In I any, expected him to be higher on it. No, in any inter- iteration of the X-Men, Cyclops was always the wet blanket. Um, the rational... Uh, the Like Jason said, he's the cop. He's the straight man. Uh, and yet... Gene, Madeline, Emma, why? Seriously, why? Well, because he's hung like a mule deer. And well, you can assume, but that's never been proven. Um, has been disproven. Eh, well, that doesn't mean it's true. Just I mean, a- evidentiary, though, right? I mean, it's false, though. I mean, it's ab- in dime pieces left and right, willing to kill each other over him. Yeah, but I just find him uninteresting. Uh, I, I get it. I find him to be the mouthpiece for Professor X. Um, oh, yeah. it, I got the feeling that a lot of the times, even though he didn't believe what Charlie was puking up, he would reiterate it just to get everybody else to fall in line. Uh, he, like I said, he's the eternal ex, the mutant straight man. And, uh, I just, I find nothing likable about, uh, Cyclops. Mm-hmm. Yep. There you go. Uh, I'm no, I, proud I, to I, a, 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 to a hush. I, no, I, I'm Seriously, I, I expect knowing Vince, I was expecting Cyclops to be number one. No, um, my number three is just the character. I just 
I felt was just kind of cheesy and and not quite sure why um, she would need to be in the X Men, but but it's uh, it's good old Allison Blair Stasler. I she's just it, it's just, there, there's there's no hate. It's just this this is a case right. where I'm just not I. I, oh, we we have an elite team, and there's only we 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 need we need certain people on board to do certain things, and and uh, nobody else is available, so we gotta get Dazzler. I I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I just I I've, I've got nothing because there's just the few stories I've read where where she's involved. I I like the way she's written. I think as a character, I think I think Allison is is. This is a case where it's not it's not necessarily the character it's it's, it's the abilities. So number three is Dazzler, and and she wasn't initially because once once we once I agreed to keep it to just X Men. Also for number three, I had uh, initially Karma, and then I said no, maybe it should be um, maybe it should be Dakin, but since even though you said. He's not on X Men proper. Um, I'm going to keep it to X Men, and and therefore I'm going to go with Dazzler. So, who's your number two? Well, my number two, uh, which which Vince almost blew by joking uh, earlier, is Beak Barnell Bohusk. Um, <laughs> uh, I I love I love Morrison's new X Men run. Uh, I think it's even now probably the most creative left of center take on the characters that was still interesting. Uh, I think Morrison's at his best when he's, when he's being left of center and out there. And I, I I think he, he really towed the line between doing that, but also telling strong narrative stories, which sometimes is his failure. He can get too, too clever and and lose the narrative, but he didn't do that with his X-Men run. Um, but Beak was a character he clearly loves and created, and I just had no, I just didn't get it. Um, he was often one of the main components of the, of the Morrison run from, a uh, the human side of, you know, the mutants have always had this familial what's happening when they're not fighting thing going on. And Beak was a big part of that in terms of his, his awkwardness. And he had a relationship with, with, uh, Angel, not the, not, not a different Angel, uh, but they had kids and, and uh, it was, it was just, it bored me and I didn't understand it for, for those that don't know the character. He, he was a humanoid, but he had a face of, uh, of basically a hatchling chicken. So, you know, all skin and big eyes and, and a beak, not, not even any feathers. And, and I just, I didn't get it. He, he, he was, and he was basically useless. So I didn't understand why he was a main X-Man. He, he, he wasn't particularly strong or flat fast. He couldn't fly. I mean, I, I like he really couldn't do anything. It was just avian looking, and um, yeah, and he he's been around. To, like the, he was in the New Warriors. I like they've kept him around. I just don't. Um, anyway, uh, but but he eventually becomes he gets he actually gets interesting when he becomes a uh, he loses his powers in M Day, and then he he gets a cybernetic suit and becomes a character named Blackwing. And I think that's actually more interesting, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I got no love for Barnell Bohusk. And, and the reason he made the list instead of like characters like a maggot or a Stacy X or a 
Glob Herman is that is that Beak was like a prominent top five character for a in, in what I consider an important run, and I didn't get it. I think Morrison's um, Green Lantern. There's a character. What is it? Uh, Tula Two or whatever. I think it's the the uh, DC iteration of his fascination with Bohusk. Oh really? Yeah, that that bird like character, that uh, female Green mm-hmm. Lantern. Uh, but anyway, yeah. m- uh, my number two is uh, Professor X. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think Charlie is a manipulative, coercive, lying sack of shit. That no that there. that throws uh, at least initially into the X books that threw children into harm's uh, reach just uh, to uh, promulgate his agenda. I have zero love for for Charlie. Mm-hmm. Anytime that uh, the X books or Uncanny um, would uh, take a sidetrack into Charlie's walking, Charlie's not walking, Charlie's uh, threatened, Charlie's not like it's it just uh, extremely uninteresting to me. Whenever Professor X was in harm's way, I'd be like, "Okay, kill him, get him out of here." And when he did leave the picture, I thought the book was better for it. Mm-hmm. When Mag- when Magneto was um, head of the school, I thought it was great. I, I I would much rather see that. At least he was honest, right? Where Charlie was more um, of a, a uh, Svengali, right? He would just mm-hmm. use the kids um, to his own end, and I, I just I, I I don't think the character's great. I don't like the character at all. <laughs> I don't think it's necessary, really. <laughs> but whatever. Oh, they are. They're his team. Yeah. And then when when Whedon to me my X Men, if I was anybody, I'd be like, "Fuck you, <laughs> you can't, <laughs> dude, you can't even walk. I'm not coming to you. Damn, you come, you come right? to me. No, it's uh, Damn, dis- we disabled hater. This is an irrational. No, this is an irrational. Li- the bottom five is pretty irrational. No, of course, of course. Yeah. I don't like Charlie. Well, I mean, it's notable that that he wasn't on any of our top five. So, oh, I mean, Professor Xavier is a jerk. He is. Yes. Kitty yes. called it. Yep. She, she knew. Oh, yeah. Uh, my number two is Jubilation Lee. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, no, 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 about it. Yeah, that's it, exactly. Yeah, it's good. Goddamn Robin wannabe. It's just, um. Oh, that's hurtful. It's, I mean. Is she a vampire? No, she, she not was. Anymore? She's not, but her. <laughs> But her, uh, her, no, she was, uh, but she's not. She was up until Hickman, but then, you know, with the whole getting killed and rebodies and stuff. Uh, well, how could you, oh, so the Krakoa thing cured her of the vampirism. Yeah, the Krakoa thing, but yeah, exactly. Oh, makes sense. Because I was going to say, how do you, like, get better from, from she's a kid a... from it, Shiro. Yeah. She's a, um, wait, she's, she's a... yeah, she's a mom. Yeah, she's a mom. Who's the father? Uh, it was one of the vampires. It might have been Dracula. I forget who it was the name. No, I'm serious. I'm wait. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Let's see. What? You talk, Dapple. I'll look up. No, wait know. a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. So how does a vampire get an erection? What? How does a vampire get an erection? Bro, it's the- comics. Really? I mean, that's what you're going to focus on? No, I'm just saying it because vampires 
don't have blood. That's why they drink blood. So how do they drink enough blood to get an erection? Well, I don't know, dude. <laughs> they, they, they got the button like Ron Jeremy. <laughs> the hedgehog. <laughs> so, yeah, um, this was just one of those instances where it's like, why is this? Why is there this little kid falling around Wolverine and and again again with the powers? I just, I don't know the whole the whole brain coat the shorts. I just yeah, I'm with I'm you. Like, it, it's she, she's totally robbing, but it's it's a um, I just it was it was during a time when I wasn't a massive X-Men fan and, and she wasn't doing anything that she wasn't a reason for me to keep reading. And she was there constantly and I didn't need to be. So it's just, it's yeah. It, 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 it there are times where it could have been a toss up between Gambit and Jubilee for my number one, but man, uh, you just hate the, the, the cartoon era, man. Like you, just... I, yeah, I hate the cartoon era, the Jim Lee <laughs> stuff that he brought to the table. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I don't, I'm sorry. First I mean, of all, I, I got the name wrong. It's Shogo. And uh, she adopted him. Oh, uh, nice. So. But she's still a virgin. The, uh, there's a... Um... <laughs> so, I mean, because I'm, I'm... As as much uh, attention Jim Lee brought to the franchise, um, I his, his, his version of Cyclops is probably... Um, my least favorite. I mean, I dug what he did with the, you know, the, had the hair cut off the top of the, the cowl so, so you got to see his head, but um, dude was too buff. That, that's not that's not slim, but um, I, it's just, I don't know. There's something about, about that era. I it, it It's drawn great. There's just a lot of it that, um, I'm not. It, yeah. I, I, I'm not that. It's. It's not. It. It's it, not my era. It's just not my. It, it's like you know. I, I know Vander loves the Outback stuff. He loves the Savage Land. He loves you know Sylvester's version of it, and that's great. I love that. Uh, I, I love that he loves that. But those characters, that that version of the team, isn't necessarily who I think of when I think of X Men. Mm-hmm. But I understand, you know, why that would be attracted. Why? Right. Why, why that's right. a intro for some people, or that's that's what hooked them. But. Yeah, I, yeah I mean, I, I don't, I don't like of all the ones that you guys have said that I, I like. I, I Jubilee's probably my least favorite of all these. I, I like, I don't. She's been in the book a lot, <laughs> and like because Kitty evolved out of that kid sidekick role, she became that for like Jim brought it. She she had the same role with Wolverine that Kitty did, and then so, as I said, subsequent there have been others like Armor in the Whedon run. But but I yeah I I'm with you. I mean. I don't get Ju- I don't get Jubilee I don't get her her power set. It's always been very weird. It's like she makes firecrackers. But, yes, I <laughs> but like then every now and then it's like she can wield energy to the point where you would like, oh okay, I get why she's there. But generally yeah. speaking, she's like wielding firecrackers. And I don't But isn't that the same as Boom Boom? Boom Boom, yeah. Oh, well, she's but, not, but, I mean none of us are repping for Boom Boom. Yeah. I'll but, take Boom Boom Oh Boom shit. I take Boom Boom over uh, the, the uh eh, Boom Boom is I mean as a character, though, she was like the ultimate valley girl. She was right, oh, yeah, an yeah and that's what's attractive. Right, right. You, she'd hop in the back of the X seat with anybody. If, if we were ranking all the X Men ever, Boom Boom would be well below Jubilation for me. But I, uh, but I'm, I don't think Jubilation would be in my top fifty. So, 
But guys um, like Julian love Jubal. Uh, again, Jubal. it's the cartoon. If you yeah. watch that cartoon, if that was your gateway in the, to X Men, you're, you're you're screaming at us right now listening to this. Right. Um, all right. Well, uh, we know who Dab's number one is. It's Gambit. Uh, my number one is um, the uh, an alternative universe version of Vince's favorite number one, uh, and that is X Man Nate Gray. <laughs> I. Uh, I like I like Cable. He wasn't in my top five, but I like Cable a lot. Um, I, I should say I like like OG Cable. I don't. I, I'm still trying to come to terms with this young Cable that's a fixture in the comics now. But um, but I do not. I mean, when I think of the era of of the X comics that is my salt Peter, uh, or the stories that just flamed out for me, Nate Gray is usually there. Uh, for for listeners who aren't. Big time X Men fans. Nate Gray is uh, all much as his cable was the son of uh, of of Scott and Jean, brought forward to the future. But in this in this alternative uh, reality, he was never infested with the techno organic virus, and as a result, became his full potential, which was the strongest telepath of all time, like the Omega Omega level. Far stronger than 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 Gene or or Professor X or anybody else, and that's one of my issues with him is that uh, I I think there's a fine line when you have these characters that can do amazing things with with it getting to be a point where it's just like they're so godlike there's no point to it. Um, you know that that can happen with a Superman that can happen, but 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 that's that's how X Man is. He goes by X Man as well for those that don't know. Nate Gray. Uh, it, but like he, he was basically unstoppable when he wanted to be. And, and one of the things I think that made cable interesting is that he had these immense omega level telepathic powers, but to use them, he basically had to almost kill himself right? because the virus was eating at him. So he would always constantly trade off being, and as a result, since he had to kind of intentionally hamper his own abilities and then he became this badass soldier capable of using weapons and technology to, offset that and that's interesting to me but but nate gray was just a god basically and in fact the last time we saw nate gray in the uh the event a few years ago where where he basically he had a um it was like a good version of apocalypse and the horsemen he had his own group of horsemen that were benevolent he's always a god essentially uh and i just i find him completely disinteresting um and like i said the the, the few times in x history where he's been prominent have always been total, total flaccid periods for me where I'm like, oh, can we just get on to something else? So without question, given the significance of him or what they've tried to make him uh, versus some of these other characters, for me, he's easily my least favorite X-Man of all time. So X-Man is my favorite X-Man. My least X-Man is my least favorite X-Man. I like that conceptually. Thank you. I like the series, though. So I disagree with you on the, the... the pick, but conceptually, sure. I think it's cool. Um, those of you who have listened to this show for a number of uh, <laughs> years are not going to find this surprising at all. My number one least favorite X-Men is Storm. The most maudlin, drenched in drama, um I, I was raised on the streets of Cairo as a thief and I've worked myself up and now I'm working for Charlie when I could in all you know fairness I could take over the planet in like two seconds 
I could be queen of the entire globe because I can manipulate weather and I can do it everywhere and y'all be working for me, but nah, I'm just going to sit around here and listen to this bald guy tell me what to do. It just doesn't work for me. I, I, I think the, the, she dragged down T'Challa, uh, mm. supposedly one of, the, one of the top three smartest characters in the ex, in the Marvel universe. You think he would see through her, her ruse? Um, I, ridiculous character. Super, super powerful, yet never realized her full potential. You could destroy the globe in a second with the, with manipulating the weather. And yet you don't do it. You're working for somebody else. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't. I don't like the design. Uh, the Mohawk one, especially, I thought was super shitsville. Um, shitsville. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> she, so she could have crushed Callisto in a second. And yet there was the whole headbutt thing with her and the, 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 the leader of the Morlocks. Like, why? Um, mm-hmm. No sense at all. Like I said, she cheated to get the, uh, to be leader of the X-Men too. Well, I don't, I don't mind the, the, well, the, uh, deception and the cheating—that's okay, well, right? Of course, it, it, she did it to Cyclops. So yeah, right, it, yeah, it just shows yeah, that you—you know—you're going to take the bull by the horns. But nah, I, I, no, Mm-mm. something about the character. Yeah, maybe the reason she doesn't have pupils just freaks me right out. Mm. Yeah, it hurts my heart. I knew it was—I knew it was coming. Yeah, <laughs> I knew she was your number one. Come on, dude. What do you find likable about the character? Like pretty much everything. Like I. <laughs> Like, in as much as what the X-Men represented at the time, like, she was the first prominent, strong, black female lead in mainstream comics. Like, full stop. Like, she was the first time any kid of color saw a female black woman, like, kicking ass and being prominent. Like, I don't think you can ever take that away from her. So, like, whatever we make of her backstory, like, I, I, like, I just don't, like... To me, the reason that the X-Men are the X-Men and the reason that the Claremont is because they, at the time, were popular because they were a voice, a superpowered voice for the underrepresented. And, and, I mean, she is, like, she is the alpha for strong black women in comics. Like, there isn't, there wasn't one before her, like, period. So anything that's come after have been derivative of her. Like, she was the first time anyone saw a black woman, like, unapologetically being black from Africa and also being a badass that wasn't equal to anyone else. So like, I just can't. Yeah. Like well, that's I, not I entirely true. It absolutely is. true. No, it's not Misty. Uh, what is her name? The, the Misty again, Knight. Misty all Knight. respect to Misty. Misty was a Afro street level private investigator, ex cop in an ex black exploitation themed comic. Like who that is that? so different than seeing a strong black woman who is a leader of the most popular, Character, set of characters and book in comics like okay. Misty was a tertiary character for 10 20 years in a book that we hold dear now but wasn't a big seller like Aurora was one of the main characters in the biggest book as a black woman so like for me like that that makes her like top of the heap like I can't do I think she's always been portrayed well nah like like uh, definitely okay not, but, but when you take it as that yes she is speaking to a a a greater uh good right yeah. but but as as an italian 
Now, I, I hope this doesn't cast me in a, in a bad light, but as an Italian uh, American in Pennsylvania, what does that do to me? Like, I, oh, I can't, yeah. I can't glom yeah. onto this character, but I don't have, I don't have the, uh, um, the, the, uh, the heart that you do, right? I don't, no, I don't care to, right? No, I'm not, again, I'm not, I, you've been very, you've been very consistent, you're just like in the character, but I'm just saying, like, you said to me, like, well, what do you, what appeals, why do you, why does she appeal to you? And that's why, I mean, like, it's like, damn, like, she, like, that's, like, she's, I guess I did notice it. Like I was like, "Oh, this is interesting." Like you just didn't. I don't know. I found that interesting. Like that she, that she, and well, I love that she became the leader. Like I, well, that kind of cast me in a bad light, we doesn't to, it? If we were to do like, oh. like, like biggest leaders of all time, like for the X Men, like I mean, for me, it would be canon. Like it would be uh, Cyclops number one, and it would be Storm number two. Like I, I think she's the most logical. When I'm reading the book, it feels right when she's in charge. Like I feel like okay, that makes sense to me. Like she should be in charge. She's level-headed. She's experienced. She's powerful. She puts others above herself, but she's willing to make the tough decisions. Like I, I think there's been a lot of really good stories of her over the years, and and I, I think she has earned her place as a leader. Uh, like I said, only to me, second to Cyclops. Okay, so if you're in the capacity as leader, right, which means you derive some type of satisfaction out of succeeding in a goal while telling people while directing the efforts of the people in under your uh leadership right uh-huh why wouldn't you take over the entire planet if you could but that debate kind of just totally falls apart for me because we could draw that extend that to a lot of characters that we all Sorry have about superman i mean right I mean, but superman. again with superman he didn't do it because he was raised to to find to think of himself as just another so she also had a she had a moral compass that told her that wasn't a like that wasn't something she wanted to do it's like magneto chose to do out of anger to try and take over the world and because humanity was irredeemable charles tried to create a team because he believed that mutant kind and humans could exist right like like i mean batman Batman could do it. Why isn't Batman the supreme rule? Why isn't Batman could be Lex Luthor? If you Batman, no, yeah, no, uh, I don't buy that. Of course but, he could. Batman built a built a fucking brother super I fucking old brother man. I, yeah, but he was sure to take keep tabs on but people. I'm saying like, why doesn't Batman do it? Because he's got a more like, why does Batman spend every waking minute like of his life, of his existence in a small town? In, and rather than work on, he should, if he really, like, he should be Azamandias. He should, he should take over the world and run it benevolently because he's smart and rich and could do it. Like, why doesn't Tony Stark do that? Like, why doesn't, I mean, any, any, like, any, any character that's got godlike powers, which is half of the characters that we adore, you could say the same about. Like, that, like, they make, they all, that's why stories like Squadron Supreme exist or, or, or the Crime Syndicate because, if we were really being honest, most of the time power corrupts, and so if you had godlike powers, you would act like a god. You wouldn't be very morally upright because you you tire of it. So I just don't know why like we put that on Storm when I think you could put that on any Omega class level character. Like, why doesn't Jean Grey do it? Like, she's fucking got the Phoenix Force. Like, why doesn't you know? I like, well, Jean Grey life. destroyed planets. Oh no, but she didn't though. She she destroyed planets, but she was possessed by an alien force. Okay, but she's okay. But what I'm saying, what I'm saying about Storm is Storm could 
it feels like a weird state, like 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 place to stand with storm of all. Like like even if we're ranking, like there there are what ten X Men that are probably more powerful than Storm, like what? at least at least characteristically. So why don't we hold that against them? Storm could blink and grind all progress on the planet to a halt. She could she could affect every inch of the surface area of the planet in a blink of an eye. Just make typhoons everywhere, or or hurricanes or whatever. And, and everything just stops. And she's like, okay, you want this to stop? Get on your knees to me. Superman can't do that. Superman can't be everywhere well, on the planet. I mean, again, we're nerding out here, but I, I, we ne- we've never seen evidence that Storm can control an entire planet's worth of weather. She presumably has control over weather in a limited area. But just the- like, like, just like, like Magneto doesn't, he can't control the entire planet's magnetic polarization. He He's just kind of silly. He should be able to. Well, okay, but see now you're. I mean, your I mean, point is like it's like we could literally like open up Ohatmu and find twenty characters and be like, well, yeah, if they could. I don't right. Think no, I'll you're see. right. Um, but I guess basically the 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 most offensive thing, uh, uh char- character aspect of Storm is the maudlin aspect. Sure, she is very maudlin. Yeah, I just I don't like it at all. I, I don't understand why why Wolverine would would even you know give her. Th- I, I, let's just move on. <laughs> it, it, again, it's irrational. I don't like Storm at all. Yeah, ever. I mean, listen, not liking characters is obviously partially irrational. I mean, yeah. These are just these are just people in in print on right. <laughs> They're and, perfectly yeah, and characters. and yeah. I'll say it for Dap. That's racist. But mm, it's no, not. it's not. I wasn't going to say it. Not racist. Yeah. It's not racist at all. I just now if all five of your characters are black, then I'm <laughs> right. Without <laughs> an issue. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. No, only one. And 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 a, and a little asterisk to all of this. Uh, gold balls would have been on my list until Hickman's run, but now I can't because <laughs> because I mean he's part of the five now, and like I I can't see how you put anyone on the five on the list. Bonus credit if any of you, if either the two of you can name the uh, the members of the five. I know Hope is one. Yes. Uh, yeah, gold, gold balls. balls. Um, shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Elixir, Proteus, and Tempest. Yeah, I wouldn't have gotten no, not even close. Um, <laughs> see, uh, so for full disclosure, since I only stuck with X Men, uh, my bottom five since I went with Havoc would have been Quicksilver, uh, only because oh, of his yeah. arrogance. It's just there's, I mean. I, I, and he's a speedster. I, I, I can already yeah. get my speedsters elsewhere, but uh, on on the top five, I mean, I yeah, I mean, even Scarlet Witch to some degree. But, I'm with yeah. you there too. I, I think I think Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch were always. I didn't. I was never a fan of either. Right. Um, and for the top five, if it, um, I went with Sunfire, but it could have very easily been Multiple Man uh, again because oh, of Peter David. Yeah. And uh, and. Instead of Beast, it could have been Strong Guy, which is just yeah, weird. Well, I, I, I know, I know, I have too. So thinking about it, I'm like, because I'm like, no, I do like Strong Guy, I do. But then, yeah, no, it just it I doesn't mean, make I like more Strong sense. Guy, but I mean, but not, not, not. When you think, when you know, after thinking about everything I spoke about, uh, it would have been really dumb to have him over Beast. Yes, I agree. <laughs> well, I, I tweaked my bottom five. Because I didn't want to break your heart, but Beast was on my bottom five. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious. Like, tell me about that. Why? I just, I just, I just no problem breaking my heart. 
but I, that's cool. No, I just don't like Beast at all. I, I think Beast works only in the Defenders. I, I disliked him as an Avenger. I don't think That's he's an ex. Fascinating. Yeah. No. Nah, I. I. The. The. Again, with the the whole thing, like with Rogue, where the character ticks become the character after a while. The Stars and Garters thing. If I heard it once, I one more time, I was gonna, you know, just lose well, to be it. Fair, he hasn't said it in a long, long time. Yeah. Well, whatever. Uh, uh, the, the. I thought it was dumb beginning with the big hands and the big feet, and I thought it was even worse when okay, this guy's name's Beast, and we're gonna turn him into a beast, like whatever. Oof. And I love the visuals. Nah, nah I don't like Beast. Oh, at all. Yeah. Jesus, nah. it's just just napalm and fools. It's just. just... Oh, you like that character? Here's why you're stuck. <laughs> Oh, it's uh, hey, you're again. We always say your mileage may vary. There are things that attract us to characters, and things that re- 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 repulse us and repel us. I don't find anything. It, it, he's to me. I would much rather go to the the source and Nightcrawler than than Beast being incredibly smart. Yes, but he looks like a feral uh, animal that's going to rip your throat out. Okay, we get it. But in Beast or in, in Nightcrawler, it's taken to the nth level where there's also the spiritual aspect brought into it. That's okay, great. You, you got a tail with a, a you know, a. a, a yeah. A, yes. Honestly, uh, and like I said, I love Nightcrawler. He'd be my top 10, so I'm not besmirching him here. But the reason he's not in the running for the top five for me and would be top 10 is because of, and, and it's no fault of his own, he's just a character, but. I can't get the Azazel stuff out of my head. And and it's like, I wish we had never... Yeah, that never that happened. Road. Never happened. I know, yeah. It's like my end with Wolverine and the dog thing. It's like, I'd better just act like that never yeah. happened. Yep. It's like one and Norman. All right. So we got the top and the bottom. Let's do a rapid-fire list of our top five X-Men artists. Now, I... It, full disclosure, uh, I broke my... Like, I did not abide by the rules. Uh... uh <clears throat> In terms of like X Men, like I didn't just pick artists that drew X Men the book. Like, I picked no, artists right. X Mutant books. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so just go right. down the whole list. All right, well, you go ahead then, because I'm I I have to I I have to pick my fifth right now. So okay. Um, from number one to number five, my top X Men artists are John Byrne, Chris Bacello. David Cockrum, Mark Silvestri, and John Romita Jr. Ooh, mm, okay. Bur- Bur- Burn being number one or five? <laughs> Burn being number one. Okay. okay. Um, I I was not along. You lost me with Romita, but um, mine. Yeah, I'll do top to bottom. Uh, Alan Davis, Paul Smith, Mark Silvestri, Olivia Coapel, and Barry Windsor Smith. Huh. Okay. Um, well, yeah, I like that actually. I like I like that list. Um, okay. Uh, for me, number one is John Byrne. Uh, number two, Alan Davis. Number three, Paul Smith. Number four, Mark Silvestri. And number five, Jim Lee. Amazing that Silvestri appeared on all of our lists. Yeah, that is interesting. Also amazing that neither of you had Cockrum on your list, which yeah. is he a was, fucking crime. No, that is, um, 
I, I can't say that I gave it a lot of like I, I didn't like honestly I this I put this list together very quickly. I, I, I yeah, no, I got love for Cockrum. I'm not sure if I wouldn't swap uh, I, I had him I, I had swap him. him out for or I swap Paul Smith out for him, but I yeah. I wouldn't have I mean I'm not I was going to swap out Smith for him, but it was I, I kept going back and forth between VWS and, and Cockrum on number five. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, yeah, and I probably would. I mean, knowing knowing the work he's done, <coughs> the stories I've read, I, I would, fuck it, yeah, I'm going with Cockman's number five. <laughs> I am, yeah. None of you love the cello on the X Men. Oh, uh, not 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 over uh, Smith or Sylvester or Davis. Hmm. Okay. I mean, I would have been more likely to put Romita or even Liefeld on there over cello though for me because i mean i had art adams on here initially too yeah i can't go there yeah that's a real shallow pool though enough material. well yeah it's just the it's basically the annuals but yeah, yeah but it's so good so, right but it's right. it's a it's a pool of gold but it's about which an, is why which is why thick. winter smith really should be on my list so it's that's fine yeah uh, he did, i mean he, that marvel comics presents run was long yeah but that's no no that was that was that was Eight, thirteen. That, that, that was a handful of pages. That, that was a graphic. I guess novel. that's true. Right. It was long in issues, but but it was. But I mean, you know. So he, he did the life song, and he did uh, the the mutant massacre cover. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah, it's not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no. I I wonder what our our listenership would have like. Would I mean? I, I assume Byrne and Lee would be on most people's lists, but like we did none of us mentioned Cassidy. none of us mentioned either of the Kuberts. No. well yeah, the Kubert no, songs no uh n- none of us mentioned neil adams um, i had adams on my list but i knew you would the the quantity over quality yeah yeah, yeah. I don't no know. one mentioned joe mad i think he'd be on a lot of people's lists. I, yeah i was I, I was going back and thinking about it i think he'd be on more lists than sylvester so it is interesting that we all pick sylvester well uh, yeah uh, it's just era it's just when you started liking the book but Silvestri is such a superior draftsman over Joe Mann. Oh, I'm, well, oh, we sure. all agree. We all had him on our list. But I'm saying I, I, I wonder if, depending on the age of the audience, if, if that would be true. Yeah. Joe Mad yeah. did make a huge impact. Um, on yeah, Joe, Joe Mad will probably be in my top. Nah, he'd be just out of my top 10. I, I can't put him in my top 10. He wouldn't even be in my top 20, but I like his work a lot. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not I, sure. Yeah, he he'd be, he'd be like in the teens. Yeah, I don't, maybe not even that high actually. Now that I'm thinking about it, I can't. I and and my my thing with um, whoever made a junior on the X Men. I mean that that that's irrational also because he went. I, first of all, he he took over after Paul Smith, and and I, I adored Smith's run. I mean, we got the issue 175, and Smith did a handful of issues pages at the beginning of the double sized issue, and the rest was Ramita Junior. But that Ramita Junior looked so different than what he was just doing on Amazing Spider-Man. And I couldn't, I, I it, it almost wasn't, <coughs> didn't look almost, almost didn't look like the same artist in some spots. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, it, it was, it was, it was big and in your face. I, you know, that, that, that issue with Juggernaut versus Colossus. I mean, there, there were some good issues he got to tell, um, but I just, it, it, yeah, wasn't feeling. What about Pacheco? He was yeah. actually. I, I I thought about Pacheco, but I also thought about the earlier lineal U, like an issue like one hundred, right? Like way back then. But that was that was some really good looking stuff. 
Yeah. But I was never really a fan of like Mark Mike Choi. Mm, that, was, no. that was a little no. too 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 clean and manga esque no, for I'm me. With you there, yeah. Um, I know. There's, yeah, I mean, burn burn should be on on almost everybody's list. I just i I appreciate burn. I know what he did. Yeah, like like Lee, I know what he did for the franchise. Again, he's the reason why Wolverine's so popular because he was Canadian. He was living in Canada at the time. Claremont was going to get rid of the character and kill off Logan or at least write him off. Um, and with some patriotic pride, Byrne wouldn't let him do it. So um, we got to keep the Canuck. And I think he, I think I like, I really like Byrne's version of Wolverine because he is a short, runty looking dude. He's not a handsome fella. He's, he's, mm-hmm. he's rugged and in some cases homely, but which is how I always thought, which is why I, I wasn't keen on, on Hugh Jackman as the role, but um, I understand why. But I I think Byrne, Byrne did some fantastic work on the X-Men. I mean, you know, Wolverine in the sewers and, and, and Days of Future Past and Dark Phoenix Saga. I mean, I, I smile when I think of Byrne's work on the X-Men, but when I think of everybody who's drawn the X-Men that I've followed through thick and thin and, and would buy things just because they're drawing it, even if it's about a team I'm not keen on, um, mm-hmm. burn, burn, burn's run on the X-Men was after I was going to the newsstand buying books on a regular basis. By that point, he was, he was full on with fantastic. <clears throat> right. You know, I, I'm the biggest rep for Kirby in the room, but if burn isn't your number one in X-Men, you're wrong. Right. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to be the, the jerk, but I think burn Burns thumbprint on the X Men is is far greater. Well, that's than where I any. yeah. I mean, for me, it's like not I mean, only do I over, think he looked good, Hawk but like really? yeah, really? no, because not only did he look good, but but like he popularized the franchise. Yeah, the, the the voice yeah. of everything that we consider. I mean, about the X Men, he he. Yeah, to to me, he is the he he is the architect of it. Right, for that, right. But I, I think Cockrum yeah. was in a lot of ways a better artist than Byrne, but Byrne had the panache and the and the, the you know the flash that that yeah. got the 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 guys that didn't read X Men he got their attention. That's right. true. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I'm I mean, really think, yeah. surprised that Quapel is on Daft's list. Well, over Burn for sure. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, for, that's hard. To well, it's, no. Well, with, with Quapel, I um, I I really I I, I loved uh, the look of House of M. I mean, I, I like House of M, the miniseries, at least up until the last couple right. pages. But um, I like his um, I just. Uh, some of the characters, his, his his beast, his Wolverine. There there are there are some. Um, I think I went with Guapel because um, I think it burns a gimme. It's almost like I don't kind of want him on my list because that that's just that's a spot that could easily go to somebody else because Burn kind of shouldn't. Burn Burn's just a given in my eyes. Right. Yeah, I get that. I, get I that. like Guapel, but I think everybody we mentioned is better than him. Well, I don't know if he's better. Like, I mean, I, like when I think of Quapel, I love him, and I like. But I guess when I think of Quapel, I don't think of the X Men as my. I, I I think of Thor. Um, I, sure, I think yeah. of Spider Man. Like, I don't. Like, I don't. I mean, he's had a little. He's done a little. Like, I get. I just Quapel's so modern that he's. I think for me, he's trapped in that modern art where he just doesn't get to do, or or he either doesn't get to, or isn't 
wanting to do like long enough runs where I associate him with a specific set of characters. I think he's very, very good, but uh, how do I put this gingerly? Um, He's not a draw for me on anything he's ever done. That's interesting. I mean, I'm with Dap on the draw. I mean, I would, I would prefer like if I, if you said to me, putting the monetary value aside, like of the artists we named, he'd be near the top of artists I would want to own art from. Hmm. Nah. Uh, in fact, I own art from him, but, but yeah. I, but, but I, yeah, um, I think he's immensely, incredibly talented. Actually, I mean, Stuart Eminem. I'm looking at a couple of lists right now. Stuart Eminem is in a lot of people's lists. That surprises me. I mean, I, 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 I like, I think. We all agree. I think Stuart Eminem is like one of the best in the business and best of his generation. And I actually own a page from his X-Men run. So I'm a fan of it. But I, I, I don't like he again. I don't consider like when I think of Stuart Eminem, I don't think of X-Men. I don't. Right. Yeah. Because he did. The, he had the all new X-Men with the, that went when Bendis came on. Yeah. And, and, and the same thing with Mahmoud. Like when I, I started with a lot more than five and then I started whittling it down. Mahmoud was on my list initially. Right. Yeah. Um, there's. Yeah. Just I mean, been, you know, I'm going to mess up for Mahmoud. And, sure. And I love. I mean, I think about it, like I own pages of Mahmoud from this X Men. I own pages from Ramon Perez X Men. Like I, I, there's a lot of artists I really like. Uh, I mean, hell, I mean, Jerome Pena was the first artist in the Uncanny X Force with Remender. But again, it's like for me when I when I think of Opeña, I don't think of Uncanny X Force. I mean, right. even though he was there, I I think of that as a Remender book with lots of cool artists that did stints on it, including Mateo and Albuquerque and a bunch of others. But like, but I don't think of Jer- Jerome to me is not. Like that's not Jerome's defining work as an artist. Whereas, like for me, like Burn, like Superman and act like like and well, Fantastic Four. Well, Burn had a fucking great career. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Burn, yeah. <laughs> yes, Burn had multiple tent poles, but Earth um, not hurting. Yeah, the, I mean, I I I love I love Bacallo, Whether he's drawing Doctor Strange or Spider Man, my man can draw, no question. But um, he he wouldn't. He still obviously he's not. He, he still wouldn't. Even if I put Burn on here and rearranged anything, I already got rid of Barry Windsor Smith. This Cockerman here instead. Um, I don't. I, I probably would still put Quapel over Bacala. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we we love what we love, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Someone right. out there is mad at us for not mentioning. Like Darwin tonight. Like, why didn't you mention Darwin? Yes. Yeah. What? No, Mimic Love? Mm. Um, Mimic. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't. It, I'm I mean, surprised either of you didn't have Dupe. No. Dupe, come on. Why? What's wrong with Dupe? Dupe's fun. No, I like Dupe, but he's, he's a. He's, he's a mascot. A, he's a. Yeah, he's a, he's a, a he's, sight gag. He's a concept, that. not a character. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right, everybody. Hey. Uh, thank you very much for being here with us. We hope you will come back next time. Remember, the list of specials at Discount Comic Book Service are, and I will reiterate, from Aftershock Bequest, number one, written, Tim Seeley, more importantly. Not to shit on Tim. I liked him. Uh, but more importantly, in my opinion, Freddie Williams II on art. two forty nine <laughs> cover price. That's half off. From Image, Noctera, Snyder, Daniel, $1.99. And from Seven Seas, it's the Super Sentai Himitsu Sentai Gorenger Classic Collection mm-hmm. hardcover. That's a lot of words. $24.99 cover price. You can bring it home for $17.49. In your travels, um, 
I actually have nothing else. Mm. Let me let me Tapped check. Out. No, let me check to see. Uh, That's not true. I'm looking. I'm checking on the Slack. There to see was something I... on there that didn't have a feature state in front of it. Ah, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I read Death Metal number seven. Yeah. It's a. It's it's a beautifully illustrated whole bunch of gobbledygook. It's a lot oh, of work. It's, it's a lot of words that are thrown together that mean a whole lot of nothing. Uh, it's a, a a reset button for the DCU. It's cool. I I really enjoyed it. But if you're gonna make any kind of sense out of Death Metal number seven, there's really not a whole lot there. And this is from someone who championed the series right i think it's it's a worthwhile read does the seventh issue make any sense not, not really <laughs> you know uh, i think in getting to the end point it's it's a really pretty way to do it um but as far as presenting ideas and concepts to which the average human being can can relate there's not a whole lot of that in in uh in issue seven, it's just a bunch of gods fighting each other. Uh, a character that has been elevated to the god, uh, a godlike status, fighting um, the darkest night, and it's just whatever. It, it is what it is to get to the the goal of resetting the DC universe. So, um, worthwhile reading, yeah, but it's not a literary masterpiece by any sense. Uh, is that an endorsement? Maybe. I don't know. It, it I, I get it. Death Metal number seven. Go read it. It it sets the stage for what is to come. What is to come. Um in your travels. Um I decided to give something a shot. What the hell? Why not? Go for it. Um Might as well keep this DC centric. Issue-wise, episode going. This is written by three individuals with art by a bunch of others, and it is Generation Shattered. Written by Dan Jurgens, Andy Schmidt, and Robert Venditti. Uh, art by Yvonne Rice, uh, and Joe Prado, and Scott Hanna, Fernando Pissarin, with Claire Albert, uh, Aaron Lepresti, and Matt Ryan. Emmanuel Lupacino and Wade Von Grobadger, Bernard Chang, and Nick Paquette, uh, Kevin Nolan, Dan Jurgens, and Klaus Jansen, which was an odd pairing. Dan Jurgens, uh, Paul Pelletier, and Sandra Hope, John Reader Jr., and Danny Meeky, Doug Braithwaite, Rags Morales, and Mike Perkins. And it was, I gotta say, quite a bit of fun. It, it, uh, um, it kind of, in this world of, death metal and oh everything's a spiral out of it and here's flashpoint 2.0 we're 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 this is kind of a um this brought me back to um armageddon 2001 with wave rider brought me back to um the uh zero hour with 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 the white space and i just for some reason this and, and of course Jurgens is involved. It just kind of ticked off boxes that I didn't know I had around waiting to be ticked off. It it, it kind of just it, this came along kind of at the just it was the kind of week where 
this was welcome. And, you know, any other time I'd probably be like, you know, why are we revisiting this? Why are we going? Why, why, why is this necessary? But um, whether it's because it's post-death metal and, and DC is, is shuffling things around, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker for DC and them fucking around with their multiverses. And this is, um, this is definitely right up that alley. Commandy uh, is running away from a huge, he's calling it a goneness, but um, a white wave is coming and swallowing up his world. Um, and he is saved by a very old, not very old, an older booster gold who is now wearing skeets. Skeets is now a gauntlet on his, um, on his arm. Um, and along with that, we're, we're, we're taken to the 853rd century with our man. We um, get to see one of Vince's favorite characters, Perdigaton, in 1947. Get Reverse Flash in the 25th century, the Linear Men, the Time Trapper, so I was giddy. Um, Rip Hunter, Abercadab, the Time Stream, which is where the Wave Rider's residing. So, I mean, it's, it's like old home week. Um, and we get to see glimpses of... Um, past and future uh versions of the dc universe there are, there's a full page of um the uh like like sideways and and characters and silencer characters that spilled out of the original um dark knights event uh the metal and then you have um uh some future state characters yeah sojourn from um far sector but we just we're we're, we're kind of bouncing around um we go to the 31st century this version of the legion of superheroes does have superboy it's the legion where we're 80s readers are more familiar with that that version of timberwolf that version of, of chameleon boy um invisible kid uh there's a um once commandy grabs superboy uh in puts him in a time bubble and escapes the destruction of, of that earth. Um, turns out that, uh, Commandy grabbed the wrong legionnaire that the Superboy isn't the one who's supposed to save the day. Um, he, uh, he, he skeets actually wanted Commandy to grab the green boy that was standing next to this lad, but, but that didn't happen. And then we cut to, um, 1993, where Steel is about to hammer the crap out of um, Cyborg Superman. And uh, like I said, it's just um, there, there's there's a whole bunch of fun things that uh, that is on turning pages. I I, um, I see and I smile because I just think back of books that I used to read. Booster Gold's early appearances when he showed up in Metropolis. Um is is shown here the year 1983 with the teen titans taking on deathstroke um it's it's just a um like i said it's it's the only thing that's really odd is like the 1938 version of batman is is in here as well so we're gonna find out what the um what all these heroes have to do take care of how they're gonna fix things um i'm not gonna go too much further into the issue but uh as far as a setup issue as far as something to, to tease you as it's a um 
as it is entirely a setup issue for the upcoming um, Generations Forged, number one, um, it, it definitely piqued my interest. The, the last couple of pages are very reminiscent to me of um, Tom's and Gabriel's vision. I'm curious if anybody else kind of gets that vibe if they read it when I get to the end, as long as they read the vision, that is. But um, yeah, in your travels, long-ass winded way of saying Generations Shattered, number one. It's repurposed 5G. You know that, right? It doesn't matter. Yeah. It can they, be. I think they, they swept the floor after Dan left, and they said, okay, we got this thing. Let's yeah. repurpose it to tie into Future State and Death Metal and whatever. It, it tickled my fancy. There you go. Uh, yeah, in your travels, um, Bang, uh, Dark Horse, Matt Kent, Alfredo yes. Torres. Um, I'm doing a new travel sauna because I liked it, but I didn't well, love I read, it. Well, yeah, you and I, I know I read the first issue. I've been meaning to go back to it because I didn't yeah, love yeah, it. Yeah, I read the, the trade. I got the trade and I read okay. the trade. Um, it, it, it's, it, I say this in the context of Matt Kent being one of my favorite comic writers of all time, but it's, it's probably the least favorite thing I've ever read from him. Um, okay. Which is not to say it's not worth your attention. I think Matt Kent's that good, but I, as I think in my head, this mental rolodex of all the things he's done, I, I, I don't, I just keep ticking bang below everything else I'm thinking of. It, it here's the deal. It's, it, it's, I, I, I give him an A for effort. It just, I don't think the execution really hit home for me. Um, the first issue and what I really thought the whole series is going to be about is we're introduced to this character who is effectively a James Bond analog, um, suave, suit clad. Uh, um, uh, you know, uh, like black British guy who, uh, you know, has to save the day and fight against this evil, this evil uh, uh, organization called Gold Maze, and, and you're like, okay, but um, but but you you find out that he's he's an analog, and, and and he's someone is in his ear saying, well, how is it that you're how are you 30 years old and yet you remember going on this mission in the 1950s or battling this group in the 1960s or when you paired up with with so and so for that big for that big mission in the 1970s, like how is any of that possible? You're only 30 years old, and um, and then but then it's a five issue series, and and in issue number two, we're introduced to um, basically a um, uh, a, a diehard uh, analog. Um, you know, it's 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 basically John McClane. Uh, even as much as like oh, like him being barefoot and 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 it it Wilfredo draws him to look like a Wilfredo Torres version of of, of Bruce Willis and uh, and kind of a similar thing like he's like well how how do, how do I how am I able to do all these things oh I get these these capsules that I can that I can inhale and they give me super strength or they give me agility when I need it and it's like I don't know who gives them to me but they help me save the day when I need to. And, and he's on a cruise liner, right? And terrorists take over the cruise liner and he intervenes. And then the third issue is, 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 um, which is the, or jump to the fourth issue is an Agatha Christie analog. It's this older woman who's brilliant. She used to be a writer. Now she goes around solving crimes and solving murders. And, um, and then the third issue is another origin story. Only it's, it's, it's an analog. I, I don't know. I, I, if it is an analog, I'm not aware of who it's supposed to be, but it's a, a, a young, well, like an adult, beautiful woman who has like futuristic technology and gadgets and she's uh, a paraplegic, but she has technology that lets her not be. And, and it's all connected to 
this AI computer car. And I, so I, I don't know if that's just a creation of Kint's, but but if it's if it is, it's weird that you would have that plus these three other analogs. And then the net of it is they all get together to stop a big bad. And the big bad is kind of real, but kind of tied into what I think Morrison was doing with Animal Man back in the day. And like I said, it's it's I read an interview with Kent about it, and Kent said he set out to do a straight on the nose action story for once, and he just couldn't help himself. And I think that shows. I, I think this 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 feels like he was pulling at threads, trying to do something a bit more complicated and deeper than uh, than either he armed Wilfredo with script wise or, or what have you. But, um, you know, I, I, like I said, I, when I was done the book, I didn't, I didn't dislike it. I appreciated the attempt. Um, I thought there were things about it that were neat, but I just don't think it all came together in the way that he had wanted. When you say animal man, is it, you're saying the book is self-aware like animal man was? Yeah, exactly. That, that same con. I don't want to give away the, the, but, but that same idea that the, that it's a meta, that like how is James Bond able to be different looking men all the time but exist in perpetuity? How how does an old lady go around the world solving crime? It's it's a play on that. It all comes down to basically a metaphysical hmm. mystical writer who can who can achieve thoughts to reality. That's interesting to me. It's, exactly, it sounds interesting. I'm not sure that it was executed particularly well. That's too bad. <laughs> why why are you laughing? No reason. <laughs> uh, the you know the art on this generation thing is freaking gorgeous. Yeah. It's really nice. I, I I do know that. Really, really nice. And the trade paperback of this is gonna include shattered and forged. I'll tell you the um the post these two months when we when we get to the to the new incarnation of DC, it's it's gonna be interesting because they're trying some things. They're trying some things that, you know, you Vince in particular have I think lobbied for for a long time in, in the idea of, of anthologies. Oh, um, yeah. Uh but they're also going to five bucks. Yeah, that's the that's maybe the, the back, killing the, stroke for me. Yeah, they're doing the the, 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 the the backup stories, which is not the first time they've done this and yeah. mm-hmm. the last time they had to stop because people vehemently didn't want the backup stories for the extra buck maybe it'll be different this time i don't know uh, you know the anthologies they haven't really done a lot of i guess not certainly not as consistently or emphatically i like that they're trimming down the line i think that's really smart i think if you're going to raise your prices and increase your page count trimming the line has to go with that so that's good but it'll be interesting i mean i really have no worse in that race i i, I don't know if it's going to work or not um who the heck wants to pay five, six bucks for a comic? Not me. I know, but haven't haven't we been saying? I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you at all. But ha- haven't we been saying that when it went to two ninety nine and three ninety nine? Right? I mean, didn't we? Well, maybe, but um, I don't know. I I just don't think it's a really smart move to to consolidate your your line while uh, raising your cover price. Doesn't doesn't make yeah. a whole lot of sense to me. I guess we'll know soon enough if it was the smart move or not. Yeah. I, I wish them well and I'm I'm probably gonna I mean I'll be there for 
and, and I'm sure DAP is going to be there for a bunch of stuff. But um, anthologies, I think, are the way to go. But not like if if you're going to do a Gotham anthology, right? You want to pick the characters in Gotham that resonate with people, right? Mm-hmm. You, you're not going to do well. Maybe you will. Maybe you do an, an Oracle backup, but you're you're not going to do. Um, like a penguin story, because you know penguin works best as a as a villain. Maybe it'll it would work, but what I'm saying is, if you're not going to have popular characters in your anthology, what the hell's the point, right? Are you going to read a Red Hood story over a Nightwing story? Uh, probably not. No. That's but but that's yeah that that's why you know if if you've get if, if you end up with a with a Nightwing story and an orphan story and how about Leslie Tompkins? Oh geez. I want to read that so bad. Like who's saying that? Nobody. Well, I mean, right? she was in the punchline one shot, but it's, 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 there yeah. are, I mean, there, everybody's going to have, everybody's probably got that one character that they're going to follow. And, and, you know, I'm not, obviously I'm not a fan of the red hood. Other people are, I mean, the books, book was going for over 50 issues so i mean people were mm-hmm. supporting it um you know but but i may be into the nightwing story in that anthology and the dude picking it up for the red hood might be like do we need another nightwing story but there's there's just i figure you know we said it with dark horse presents we've said it with marvel comics presents and we weren't because it wasn't being we weren't recording when it was being published, but God. we've all. Can you imagine? This, <laughs> oh, this week's Amazing Heroes was the hotness. We have. Uh, it would have been so good, though. It would have been. It would have been the fucking bomb. Yeah. The uh, yeah. So so for every um, for every Wolverine serial at the start, you end up with fucking you know Leapfrog or. You know, Brother Voodoo, or you know, so it's like, yeah. it's like you know, but, man but thing. That's fine. Come if, on, if, if it's still a story that, it, listen, if if it's, you might get lucky with the character, you might get lucky with the creator. It's like, oh, you know, this is uh, uh, Nick Darrington. It's only drawing eight pages, but at least these are going to be some eight awesome pages, even if it is on a character that I'm not keen on. It, it, it's, it, yes, it's it's a gamble. It, it's one way to either get more stories out of one particular book yet the book's going to cost a little bit more but um i'm 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 open for experiments i'm fine with that i remember the new town showcase days i remember the the you know i marvel fanfare they were just obviously these are all books that are no longer around which is why you know we can mention them but you know they still i think there were still there were still gems and it's a shame that you know you'd have to go back issue diving to find those gems today and they're not still available you can go into the shop and and pick them up i sometimes i do feel i i finish a single issue of something and i i still i finish it and i like i still like a little bit more whether a little bit more of that same story or something else in that vein i i'm i'm, I'm open to anthologies is, is that's not well a, yeah me that, too that's not a real that, that, that's not anything new but right i i um um, yeah, it, it's yeah, the last thing we want them to do is raise prices. But if uh, it, it, there's the appearance that we're getting more 
for that money, even if it's just a couple of pages. Oh, we're getting we're getting a whole other story in there. Yeah, the story's only three pages long, bro. Yeah, but it's still a whole other. We're still getting more story between these covers, and it's there, there, there's others. Uh, I don't think compromise is the right word, but but you know, I don't want to just give you five bucks and get the same twenty two pages I've been getting. Give me something a little bit more, and and it seems that what they're doing, whether or not that that little bit more is something you're going to be thrilled to get remains to be seen. But I'm, I'm trying to get back into the mood with, with, with my comic reading where I read something because I, I'm kind of, I'm hope like I remember the old days where, okay, Valiant, it's like this, this Valiant issue is going to be super hot. Make sure you get it. And you find that it's the first appearance of master dark. And it's like, okay, you know, I stumbled upon that. That that wasn't something that I was looking for, but I, I wanna I wanna get back to the mood of when I read comics, there's a hidden gem there. There's something there that either I can that that kind of just brings me back to the days when I used to sit down with a stack of books, read them, and not necessarily a shared universe, but there was something that there was a reason why a comic book was sought and and you wanted to there, there was not the speculation market it's it's weird i it, it it's not making any sense the more i'm talking about it but i just i want i want something I, that i want to i want something to excite me when i sit down and read a book right i get it i under i completely understand it but i think that the valiant era was the be, was part of the beginning of what later became reader manipulation like the the whole master dark thing was great but they've elevated that kind of um choreography of the reader's interests into an art form since then like, yeah we see marvel and dc do it all the time yeah. you got to read this thing because this punchline character is going to be huge yeah. right yeah. there's i don't think that the honest manipulation of the narrative to produce surprise in the reader, that's gone. We're never going to have that again. No, right? I don't. I don't want them to tell me this is going to be. No, but what? Right. What I mean, but they still do it. But it's it's the agenda is different. Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. in the past, when we were reading books, they would do it to genuinely shock and surprise yes. and and enthrall the readers. Where Valiant and post everything, I I, I don't I don't want to pinpoint valiant as the no because it was it was garib it was shameless yeah but i mean it was a it was a corrupting factor in in terms of pure storytelling where it became how do we get these schmoes to keep buying this freaking book well we'll pretend that something's going to happen that's really 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 big or we'll 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 even put this bit character in there and then maybe hint at this character becoming something later down the line it's in it's in my opinion it's not pure anymore that's not storytelling that's manipulation of the reader we're never ever going to get back to that it's that's the way the world is like yeah. fans mm-hmm. fans are, are are manipulated to the nth degree i think we had it good um and not to sound like the old dude but uh old dudes but that's those days are gone forever yeah and it, it'd be nice if it could come back but i i I highly doubt it. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to sound jaded, but I get what you want. I want that too. I don't know. I don't know if it's possible anymore. 
Mm-hmm. And we see it in movies. We see it I in TV think, shows. It's like... I, it's, I think... Uh, I think they're... Like the guy, the bad idea guys. I think though they're, I think we have people who were reading when we were reading, and maybe some of them remember what it is we're talking about. And they, I'd like to think there are some publishers, some creators out there who do want to kind of tell those stories. I, I, I think they're probably just outnumbered by the people who do want to manipulate and do the cash grabs and, do the style over substance and and right. I think it's a bit of a catch twenty two though, because if it's not coming from the big two, who cares? Right. I mean, I'm being facetious, but in the big picture, it, if it's not if it doesn't concern characters we know and love already, who gives a shit? Like if Vault Comics teased the character, would anybody really care? If Valiant did it. Whatever, big deal. But if Marvel and DC do it, there's a lot more readers of Marvel and DC reading a lot uh, uh, characters that have been around for a lot, lot longer than these these small time companies. So, you know, genuinely, people care more. Like if there was a tease with Superman or Batman or Spider Man or Thor, like we would care. But if it's some grassroots thing coming up. It it you know if a tree falls in the woods and no one's around to hear it doesn't make a sound who cares yeah. you know I, I that's what I mean so you're never going to have it at the big companies but we only give a shit when it happens at the big companies and then and then people bitch and then they want it right. back to the way it was yeah yeah exactly so we're never we're never like happy cock the fucking Spider Man outfit that 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 I don't know what you're talking about good yeah I, I wish know. I didn't. I don't know. I don't know what the hell Dustin Weaver was thinking, but okay. Right. But, I, okay, in, in, in terms of the anthology, ask yourself this question. Why is Dark Horse Presents never uh, not around anymore? Because they tried to make a, a $9. Yes, exactly. Who the hell wants the to... Right. Who wants to pay $9, um, uh, you know, whenever for... Like a 64-page graphic novel. Yeah. I mean, is it worth it? Probably. But it's full of stuff that, whatever, you know. That's why I think the the Marvel and DC have the edge in the fact that okay, we have a lot more characters we can in, in you know put into an anthology that will resonate with a lot more people. But again, if it's seven bucks, that's rough. That's a hard sell. I don't, I don't know. I, we'll be here along. We'll be uh, along for the ride, whatever the case. I don't want to get all doom and gloom and, and downbeat and stuff. We love anthologies. We hope they work. But we'll see. Right? Time will tell. Time will tell. So, for by my count, as far as I'm concerned, Future State is uh, two in the good, two in the bad for me. Out of the, Out of the four I've But read. you've read, you, you've only read 75% of it for the right. first week. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to give Swamp Thing a shot. I, DeMeo did the art on Harley Quinn, so I'm going to, I'm going to check that out. Um, but yeah, I, oh, uh, before we go, when you download this episode, Hmm. this episode that you're hearing, the... 
this massive album beast. art <laughs> may look a little different. Yes, it definitely will. Tell them why. So, we have chosen, and they have been notified, our album arts winners for 2021. Uh, you will hear from them later this year. But uh, on the regular episode, like this one, the art, it's an awesome image, is by Mr. Kyle Lefevre. And your bonus episodes will have a really cool look. I love the quotes. Uh, cool looking art, album art, um, by Chris. And please tell me when you're on, if I butchered this, uh, Ben Savenga or Ben Chavenga, B-E-N-C-I-V-E-N-G-A. He will be drawing, his art will be on the uh, the bonus episodes. But uh, both images are really cool, different than um, than what we've had. Um, I I love the old school iPod on uh, on Kyle's piece, but uh, I, I think they definitely kind of uh, encapsulate maybe, but I think I, I think they're a good represent rep- representation of the show. Yeah, I think they look great. I think that uh, that they definitely. I think. As always, it's 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 flattering how many submissions we get, and 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 much love to everybody that submitted. And it's it's never um, even even when it's a, a decision where we feel really great about it and have a consensus, it's never at the expense of. I mean, almost everything we've ever been submitted, I think we'd be happy to display with our with our name on it. But uh, but yeah, I really love it, and I love that these are, are it's some new blood, you know, some some yep. some new new peeps throwing their hat in the ring and uh, and coming out with the belt, so. And I think it's interesting that both images are like kissing cousins. They're they're Love not it. yeah they're, yeah they're not stylistically similar, but thematically they mm-hmm. they're in yeah. the zone. Uh, I, it's hard to describe, but I think they complement each other really well. Yeah. So um, yeah, I I can't wait to run with them, and this episode is going to display the uh, the Kyle of Fever. Uh, Image because it's a regular episode, not sponsored by the patrons. Mm-hmm. That one is, is uh, of course, will be the the domain of the the uh, other image. The fever, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, um, so there you go. And yeah, we'll 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 try to get them on the um, in the Threadless store soon. Look at that. Because we do have a Threadless store. We do. Surprise! We'll talk about it much, but yeah, no. it's. I mean, people do. We, 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 we get notifications when yeah, when, I bought some stuff like when, when a hoodie is purchased yeah, and it doesn't count when um, you buy it. I believe I believe I believe John O purchased something recently. But yeah, mm-hmm. they uh and, and they all look great. And and Jason can attest to the quality. Oh yeah, it's really well made stuff. Yeah. The whole Wood family rocks EOC gear. Your wife got the EOC panties and shit? Bruh. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, she done with him sitting on my way. Postage paid. Uh, he's mad now. Thank, no, no. <laughs> thank you. I already got a pair. Thank you to everybody for uh, for listening to this. Into our room, one of the times you're here for New York. No, no, no. It was more hands on than that, but that's okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> See, I push it too far. Thank you for everybody for listening. Uh, hope you come back next time if you want more. Of the 11 o'clock experience, go to tw- uh, Twitter, 
Facebook, Reddit, and Instagram. We're there. Please check out the Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics, one one, no apostrophe. As always, you know the drill. Say goodnight. Hmm. It's weird. This is the sounds. Tell me what this is. Tell me what it is. Oh. It's a wine opener. It's a corkscrew. Oh, yeah. 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 Yep. Here's me. David. <laughs> Good night. This episode was made entirely on a Mac. Completely. <laughs> <laughs> no PC bullshit at all this episode. None. Uh, it's Jason's. Uh, does it count? Yeah, I guess it does count. Damn skippy bippy. Yeah. PCing you. <laughs> Jesus. David. Nice. I'll give you that. I'll give you that's like a mulligan. You could take oh, it out of the okay. grass and put it on the fairway. Nice. Whatever. <laughs> Come back next time. We're gonna have Yo. some fun. Yep. Um Book of the Month. Did we we didn't decide yet? No, I got to. Um, that's what. That's yeah, we got the book other. of the month coming up. We got we got eleven o'clockers coming up, and yeah. Um, oh, surprise for the eleven o'clockers too. There is a surprise for the yep. o'clockers. I will. I'm going to try to. I'll send you guys the list for possible book of the month contenders, so we can um, hammer that out and post it this weekend. Um, give people a few days to vote on that. Mm-hmm. Um, do we know? What day we're doing the Ecloskers? The 21st to the 28th? What does that mean? Uh, well, today's, today's the, the we also have to do two. Seven. I mean, we've got today's the, was the 7th. We got the 14th, 21st, 28th. But then we got to do two other episodes. Yeah. So we could make the Ecloskers one of those as well. Wouldn't we it be? about that. We yeah, do we'll that. Do, we won't bore you with the details. Yeah, but right. you're going to get a lot of 11 o'clock comics this month. As usual. Well, they've got uh, another five episodes coming in the next uh, 24 days. So. And the Ecloskers aren't short episodes. So No. You know, a smart person would break up the Ecloskers into two episodes. Yeah, but no way. That. That's the, I know, I know. We used to do that. And it was totally everyone that. hated it, yeah. including us. Well, I don't know about hated, but yeah. But at least, but 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 did you ever break up your episodes and then do you know like episode A, episode <laughs> eight A? I mean, listen, if, we've talked about this many times. If we were interested in maximizing our stardom, we would we would take this craziness that we just did and parcel it out in four one hour segments. I mean, no kidding, no kidding. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. But we give you what it is. Right, it is what it is. It's cinema yeah. verite. What's it all? I am what I am. Says Popeye. We're out of right. here. Get out of That's here. Right. Go have a good time. Kiss your loved ones. Be safe. Um, have your pets spayed or neutered. Okay, Bob. Wear a mask. Yeah, Drew Carey. That's Drew Carey's thing now. Well, he's just picking it up from Bob Barker. Yes, yep. but now he says wear a mask as well. Does he really? Nice. Huh? How about that shit? I like yeah. him with the beard and the mustache. Actually. Oh, Drew's mad woke, dude. Yeah. His his uh, show on uh, Underground Garage is great. <laughs> 
Sirius XM Underground Garage. Drew Carey. Oh, has, oh, oh yes. Yeah. Drew Carey has a show on Saturday nights, I believe. Oh, nice. It's great. Yeah. It's the nice thing about Sirius is there's something for everyone. It's true. True that. Out of here. Latest. Mm-hmm. That's it for that one. <laughs>